Check, 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 one, two. Checking it out. In the studio with the man Taylor himself. Straight out of SF. Rode his bike some some miles to get down here. Uh, how, how far did you ride to get down here? Damn, I don't know. Uh, I uh, Can I say damn? You can say whatever you want. Okay, you? cool. Right on. Just got to make sure I set the, set the, uh, the parameters here. No, yeah, on. this isn't like... <laughs> Public television. We're not man. getting demonetized. <laughs> no, I'm not even monetized, so don't even worry about that. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, I caught a ride for a good portion of the way down to like San Luis Obispo area. Um, so I've actually ro- ro- rode my bike from there. Uh, I don't know. It's like probably less than 200 miles, but significantly more than just 100. I mean... Yeah, probably 150, 170 miles, I think. Still like a lot, in a yeah. A couple of days, yeah. Blew my knees out, my back is sore, but it was <laughs> worth it, you know. As what you got to do when you're so. Just to give everyone some background, um, uh, like you are from the Bay Area, you're from San Jose, right? Like yeah. or around that area. Around that area. And I met you in SF when I used to live up there, and you were doing music stuff, and then you started doing bike bike stuff bike messenger stuff so and now you rode your bike some of the way down to la and you're mm-hmm. going to continue to ride going to san diego going, yeah that's cool that's and i'm rad. carrying a guitar on my back the whole way so i'm doing music stuff along the way as well oh cool like what <laughs> kind of music stuff like, uh just i got the acoustic guitar you know just playing songs at the beach and stuff like that you know nothing crazy and not, i don't have any gigs lined up it's not like i'm on tour or anything putting your but, hat out on the sidewalk uh not really no. i i'm not really too into busking i just uh i don't i don't know I, i've been uh i haven't been doing a whole lot of uh public performance really i haven't even been gigging out a lot i've just been sp- spending a lot of time in my studio recording i've been recording a solo album that i do all the instrumentation for you know drums and piano and guitar cool. bass vocals sax and hand percussion, all that kind of fun stuff. And then I have bands that I practice with, but we haven't really been gigging. I don't know. I just haven't really been uh, interested in being out there in the public eye. I do enjoy music, though, so that's why I brought the guitar with me, and I kind of try to find a nice secluded place where I can play my songs for myself and just yeah. sort of vibe out, you know? That's rad. Yeah, we've been chatting about a million things since you came down here to hang out. Uh, anywhere from recent events that have happened to you, recent events that have happened to me, the the state of the of the war of the of this uh state or whatever like sure. like how, how how are we doing economically and problems that we're facing all like it, even even as individuals everyone's kind of feeling the pressure kind of thing you know and then we we're talking a little bit about um you know well first of all you were the ex-president or you were president of the SFBMA, the San Francisco Bicycle Messenger Association, right? That's right. Um, and we did a lot of stuff up there uh, when I had the bike shop, cool races, and try to participate with the community as much as possible. So, but you recently had like a falling out with like that situation. Yes. Right? Yes. So maybe we'll just dive right into the juicy stuff <laughs> and you can kind of break down exactly what happened. But, you know, just so everyone knows, the SFBMA is an association, an official association formed by the messengers in San Francisco. It's been going on for years, since the early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's kind of a way for them to get together and have events and be recognized as a community 
on the global platform of bike messengery as a type of work, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so totally. there's like New York, there's SF, there's some of it is in LA, like all over the world. Madrid, right? yeah, all over the world. Tokyo, Mexico City. There's, you know, yeah. it's huge. It's a huge organization. Not, not the BMA in particular, the SF BMA in particular. They're their own entity within this network of, you know, hundreds of other BMAs all over the globe. So. A lot of people know each other um, within the local area. I mean, I know you from Los Angeles area, and there's a lot of play back and forth. You know, people come up to San Francisco for races, and people come down to L.A. for, for, races, for races and yeah. events and things like that. Got a lot of Bostonians, too, actually. Shitload of people from Boston that, that are my messengers in San Francisco now. I don't know what's... Uh, what draws people from there, but yeah, as far as like people gone. coming from other areas, I, f I find that it's, it's a lot of Bostonians that, that, that are over there for <laughs> whatever reason. Something's wrong with Boston. They're just fleeing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So, yeah. So that's what the bike uh, messenger community is kind of like for those that don't know. But um, <laughs> someone is already saying, what are our thoughts on the coronavirus? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about bike messengery here. Hello. <laughs> no, nah, we were saying that, you know, that's kind of what it is. And you, um, when I first met you, funny enough, you're not the only person that I met while working at a bike shop in SF. Like, a lot of people were just like, you know, like, hey, who's that guy? And, like, we just hung out. You know what I mean? Like, you're one of those people, like, that just came in the shop with your bike to have it fixed. And then I was like, well, you do music? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, this, you know? And, like, and then, like, meet up afterwards, do other things, you know? And next thing you know, bikes became, like, a large part of your life, you know? Like, I would never have expected that, you know? So now you were doing, you went full in on the bike messenger stuff, on riding your bike every day, like, you know, like, the bike life. Yeah, yeah. You know, the bike life. So you, you did that. But, um, you know, it's funny, like, watching people, like, evolve, you know, over time. Like, even myself, even other friends that I met up in SF. But so you you like riding for the – you like working, riding your bike, delivering stuff. Then you decided, okay, I'm going to try to be part of this culture. And then how did you campaign to be president of the SFBMA? Uh, well, it wasn't really tough because the dude who was president before me, I mean, they only serve one year terms. Uh, it's just a volunteer based position, like, you know, democratically elected by the group. And up until that point, I mean, back in the past, I, 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 when there was more members back in the 90s, early 2000s, when the organization was much larger, they had different parameters on how you would become president they would have like a ballot box downtown and people would come up through during the day and you know drop their little ballot in the box and you know there was more members there was more activity going on but when i kind of came into the scene there was just not a whole lot going on you know the 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 uh the meetings would have only you know a handful of people you know usually less than 10 you know no more than 15 you know per month of people coming to these meetings of course there was a lot more bike messengers out on the road working and stuff um not in the same numbers as like you know pre uh fax machine days obviously but there were still people out there but the sense of community was kind of like breaking off right it seemed like it was kind of on a decline at least when i when i saw it like people were working on bikes and people were doing stuff but there wasn't like communal stuff happening like parties and bike rides or i mean there are there's yearly rides and stuff like that and races but it wasn't like a People weren't getting hyped about it, you know. Right. I kind of attribute a lot of the buildup of the SFBMA to you being the president and kind of 
you know, bring, whipping it up to make it fluffy what it is now. You know In the I modern mean? era, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with the internet, dude. Like, I, the, the they were very inactive. Like, their website was hella old and didn't really have any, like, you know what I mean? Like, now there's like an Instagram. Now it got modern, you know. Other people from that weren't familiar with the SFBMA all of a sudden attracted a lot of attention. People like Rossi, the 415 King. Uh, it's very popular, like, People go on his Instagram, they're always looking at it, Slumworm, like all these riders that ride in SF. Not just bike messengers, but like fixie kids, like everybody. People you know? in the scene, you know, the bike, the, scene, yeah. the bike game is huge, you know, because there's like BMXers too, yeah, fixie, yeah, yeah. fixie goons, you know. Skaters and shit, thrasher shit, yeah, yeah. all kinds of stuff going on. But it's kind of cool to see it actually gather like the attention that it required, you know what I mean? Where before you were president, I felt like it was kind of like, it was there, but it was kind of like old cats, like Latin kind of neglecting it you know what yeah I mean? yeah there's they were kind of i mean i don't want to talk trash about anyone but they kind of had a sort of elitist attitude you know like oh it's always been like this and so we're going to continue to do it like this and uh they uh, many of the old heads kind of had a bad attitude towards uh you know the more um modern things that were happening out there on the streets but people working on bikes like people that were in the app world you know caviar uber eats and stuff like that the old some of the older guys some of the i don't want to say all the older guys but a lot of the you know the older guys that were you know from you know late 90s early 2000s and then we're still out there on the road and stuff they kind of like you know <clears throat> you know like oh that's not real bike messenger work you know and they would kind of poo poo on these guys and on all the caviar dudes the the DoorDash guys the, yeah the, yeah exactly the what would you call the it? gig the, workers the, yeah, the gig economy yeah economy. yeah the gig workers because <laughs> they, they thought you know food you know food is not a message you know a messenger carries a message you know and but there's just not a whole lot of that work going on, you know, like the legal stuff has gone way downhill with e-filing and the, the you know, the invention of the fax machine killed a lot of the, you know, the ability of people to carry messages around because now they can just email, you know. So there was not a whole lot of – so today there's not a whole lot of messages being passed around. It's like, you know, when I was working for King Courier and we didn't do a lot of like paperwork. I mean we were doing like cash, moving cash around like that was uh, one of the things we were doing picking up bank deposits, personal items, you know, like rich people would like order something from a shop downtown and you go pick it up for them, bring it up to Knob Hill or whatever. You know, I carried a, you know, a $66,000 suit from Alexander McQueen one time. I showed up on my bike and I'm all like greasy face and the girl's like, are you sure you can carry this? It's like, and, I, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> put your fingerprint here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she was looking at me crazy. She's like, dude, this is more expensive than your whole life. You know, like, what yeah, the hell? yeah. But I'm like, dude, I got it. I'm bonded. You know, I have like my little courier ID that says, you know, I'm bonded and insured and everything. Like, I'm not going to fuck your shit up. And if I do accidentally, my company's got insurance that will totally that cover will pay, it. So will cover it, yeah. Because I'm not just like some random dude on the street that you like, hey, hey come here. Hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you take this over. The-. You know, it's not like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a real job. So, um, but like I said, we're not carrying around like messages per se. It's like yeah, personal the, items. And the only stuff like left now is probably like things that, that are time sensitive, like documents for court. Medical shit, like shit dude. Medical I, shit, I used to carry yeah. a lot of medical supplies too, to and from the hospital and like the clinics, right? You know, they right, like right. scrape a little cancer sample off of the top of somebody's brain and it's like, hey, take this down to the biopsy lab. We got this dude with his 
head cut open on the operating table. I need you to get it there in a half an hour so they can look at it under the microscope and tell us what the hell's going on over here. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. Throw it on my back. You know, dive in in traffic, bomb the hill, bring it to the lab and, you know, call the dude. He runs out, grabs it from me, comes in like a little, one of these little igloo lunch boxes, you know, packed with dry ice. Hey, have you ever seen a death race? When Mr. Bean drops the the heart that they were trying to deliver, so he he hitches a ride with a medical guy. Yeah, yeah. He has a heart that that they're gonna go give to a donor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mr. Bean's fucking with the heart, and it flies out the window. Yeah, <laughs> it reminds like me of punching that. They're like... punching it. Yeah, <laughs> that's you, dude. Yeah, the bike messenger. Yeah, totally. I was like, flicked it. <sighs> like <laughs> flicks the little lid off. You know? <laughs> dude, so uh, that so it's interesting to kind of know like. For for people that don't know what bike messenger work is, you know, like it's a little bit of everything. But as far as the bike community goes, it overlaps as well. Mm -hmm. Like you got the fixie kids who also want to be bike messengers and couriers and shit, right? Yeah. And they do it out of like I'm gonna describe it as like kind of like a like a love like romanticized idea of what it is to be a bike messenger because they watch like premium rush too many times you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? so they want to be like yeah i'm a bike messenger and they want to like be part of that life and i get that you know i'm not hating on on that you know mm-hmm. but like but i'm just saying that that it mixes over like we get a lot of people who do that kind of stuff who also kind of participate in doing bike messenger shit then we have people like bike polo players people who play bike polo oh yeah are also heavily involved with the, we got uh, some national champions in San Francisco that are yeah. bike messengers and polo a- and players. And polo players. Uh, there's mountain bikers. There's there's all kinds of people. There's people that are bike mechanics like me who just work on bikes. There's people that are in the industry. You know, mm-hmm. there's uh, it's all bike related. Bike is bikes are the thing that hold that whole deal together though. You know, without the bike, it would just fall apart. Like everyone would be doing different. There's two random people and too many random people doing that are totally different. You know? Totally different things. Yeah, you could be from Oakland, or you could be a an SF native, or you could be someone from the Midwest that moved to the to California or whatever. You know, and if you ride all, a bike, you're cool. If you ride a bike, yeah, we're all the same. You know, it doesn't matter. So that's kind of like some of the some of the things that I wanted to describe the coalition as, so people could kind of understand what this is like so that then you can explain to us kind of like how this went sour for you like (laughs) so it starts off good we're doing all this stuff right but then i moved down here recently in the last year and this is when when this happened to you so maybe kind of just tell us the story of like what happened with you in regards to the sfbma Sure. So, uh, yeah, like we were saying before, the the BMA was sort of tapering off when I came into the scene. Um, I kind of, you know, I'm a pretty friendly guy. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I'm a pretty friendly guy. I get along with a lot of people, and it was really easy for me to ingratiate myself into the community, Uh, especially in the Bay Area. I feel like people are a little bit nicer or a little bit more accepting of other people. So I was able to slide in real easily and build a lot of friendships, and I kind of rose to the top in in a relatively short time. I became the president, and uh, as a, having a background in like uh, you know the music scene, right, organizing concerts and shows, and you know like getting bands together and all this kind of thing, I started already had uh, you know the framework of how to you know organize a. Uh, an association like this, right? So I was throwing events and races and planning things, and um, people loved it, you know, because what what they want to do is they want to get together, they want a reason to get together and drink with their friends, and like you know maybe they you know get a prize at the end of it or whatever, and see a cool yeah. rock concert and all that. So 
So I was doing that for everybody. Everybody was really loving it. And I did that for uh, about a whole, like a whole year. And, um, I was in charge of the, uh, SFBMA Instagram account because that was, you know, like we were saying, it's kind of coming into the modern era. So, you know, I was using it basically for, uh, like three things. It was, um, you know, uh, stolen bike postings. Like if somebody got their bike stolen, you know, you throw up a picture of the bike last seen at, you know, fourth right, and Harrison right. or whatever, you know, and, and we put have the APB out. So. We have like, here, I'll just pull it up so people can get an idea since we're talking about it. What what it looks like. So here's the SFBMA Instagram. So we'll scroll all the way down to stuff that you were doing. So oh yeah, that's one of our events right there. That's uh, that big old group of people. That's from um, the uh, Holiday Toy Drive. Uh, let's see what year was that? Fifty nine weeks ago. Yeah, it's like not not this last one that just happened, but the year before. Yeah, dude, and I noticed like even. Other bands like Goktus are like friends of yours who participated a lot in bicycle related stuff. They even played a show at the shop that I used to own um, when we did the whole 420 uh, bike party thing. Yeah, that was a good so time. You, you've always had connections with music people, you know, people who were in the neighborhood doing stuff. Um, other bike shops, Box Dog. Um, you did Quake City Rumble. A lot of stuff, a lot of events. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see, like, how can you be such a big part of something and have contributed the ma major part of most of these deals here, you know? Like, I was here for this gold sprint here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at, uh, versus Ferg. Yeah. Um, at Zeitgeist. Shout out to the dudes at Zeitgeist. Those guys are cool. Yeah, they were great. I lived there above the bar for for a while too. And that was due to my connections with the bike community because they were on board with the bike messengers and they they love me over there. So, yeah, see QCR. This is how many events happen out there. The slow squad fart race. Yeah. This is a <laughs> bunch of stuff that I had a hand in uh, in setting up. The Oakland Grand Prix, I helped set that up. I mean, I didn't set up the Oakland Grand Prix, but I, you know, I was in charge of the organization when we uh we di we did that event when you we participated got asked, yeah cuz i had been doing events and then larger events started asking us to come participate with them right cuz i was just throwing my own stuff right just like oh well, let's get together at the at the park right and you you know you put it out on instagram throw the flyer up right and then like uh, mission crit you know came at us and said hey we want you guys at our event you know uh, oakland grand prix said hey we want you guys at our event uh, Pedal Fest in Oakland said, hey, we want you guys at our event. So we were getting asked to participate in all these events, and that was due to the fact that I was already throwing our own events, right? That were, you know, advertisements were getting out for these. And right, right. people within the larger cycling community of the big, greater Bay Area started to take notice of that and started to pull us into the fold. So we were able to build our, our uh, you know, our influence within the greater cycling community. Right. Um, yeah, and like, you can see it here, like, Oh, here you tagged the the old bike shop, Fusion Workshop, Mash SF. I did. I've raced in this one, I believe, right? In this Dash for Cash race. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so was we did. <laughs> we did all these races, um, parties, hanging out. There's Young Kyle. Young Kyle chilling at one post where everyone hangs out. Uh, it's dead now, unfortunately. Hey, there's me. It's as uh, you. So what's what's wrong with one post? One now? post is uh, it's under construction, right? So they boarded it all up, they covered it all up, and you can't get in there anymore. Um, and what I've heard is that they're going to turn it into like some sort of like uh, you know garden type of uh, you know 
lunchtime spot for you know r- the people that are up in yeah. at Millennium Tower. You know, it was full of bums and crazy people though. Yeah, like on a regular basis. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like building security. Okay, well, f- first of all, the building owners and building management did not like us because you know we we're just smoking blunts and drinking beers and <laughs> doing all kinds of wild <laughs> shit in front of their um, establishment. But the actual building security loved us because we sort of regulated the spot you know like in terms of when crazy crackheads and weirdos would come up we would bounce them you know because a lot of these old old heads they don't give a fuck dude they'll just they don't like what you're doing you know they just tell you to get the hell out of there you know so and that makes the job easier on building security so we got rid of most of the real riffraff and you know all they got to do is just come around every once in a while and be like hey you know like don't throw your butts on the ground put them in the trash you know and so they they were they were into us. The building so, security was anyway. So let me ask you, uh, since you've departed the SFBMA, you you say, well, one post is kind of like, you know, falling off due to construction and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But uh, what about so so before actually before you tell us what what is wrong with the SFBMA now, tell us what went wrong. Because we're, we're still building up to... To, to, to talking about the, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, so anyway, now we've got some framework of uh, what I was doing for the BMA, and, you know, uh, people were appreciative of it. Um, basically, the, the whole event in question that sort of um, got me away from the BMA or, you know, that sort of uh, facilitated my split from the BMA uh, goes back to... Uh, an event that happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, so like we were talking about earlier, a lot of the bike messenger communities of these major metropolitan areas know and are friends on social media with bike messengers from other major metropolitan areas, right? So a lot of the cats from Minneapolis know a lot of the cats from San Francisco, you know, New York cats know us, LA, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's all connected, right? So when something happens in one you know, isolated area, right? Via social media, it sort of explodes all over the place, right? Right, So, so there was a, there was an event that occurred in Minneapolis that was a alleged sexual assault from one bike messenger to, against another bike messenger. Um, The victim of the alleged attack was a non-binary they, them person and uh well well let's uh so all right so so in in another completely different state mm-hmm. right uh some, oh, yeah, yeah. somebody accost accosted another person sexually allegedly 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 let's yeah let's get that right and uh and this person um was a bike messenger but so was the victim is that right i believe that um I mean, the, the, the alleged perpetrator for sure was a bike messenger and I, I had some somewhat of a high standing within their organization over there. Okay. Because at the same time, the, the reason that the scandal was so large is because they were getting ready to throw uh, NAC, which is the North American Cycle Courier Championships in Minneapolis. They had been uh, preparing this for probably the last 10 years or so. Um, and they finally won the bid to have the event in their town in their city and uh so when this story broke uh it became a huge deal everyone all over the country was like oh we're gonna boycott knack boycott knack it's unsafe you know you can't go there right right so um so kind of explain that that particular situation then like between this alleged 
you know, accusation against uh, one of these messengers who, you know, could or could ha- not have done what he's being accused of, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, but how does that relate to you? What happened? How did it come to you? So, like I was saying, I was in control of the San Francisco Bike Messenger Association Instagram account, and uh, I didn't finish my thought earlier. I was saying we, we do... Um, Stolen bike postings. We were doing uh, event flyers, right? You know, we got a race this Friday. Ends at a rock show at the bar down the street. Come out. And then also, you know, just bike porn. You know, cool shots of bike messengers doing their thing downtown, pulling skids or hitting curbs or, you know, just being goofy, whatever. You know, like pictures of the community to just like, oh, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, to hype it up. Hype it up, right? Exactly. Just to, you know, give people something to, you know, to to look at, right? Because we're not trying to do anything crazy. I never was trying to uh, take sides on any type of political issue or especially this uh, thing where it was – you know, there was an ongoing police case, uh, you know, the she had or they, sorry, had taken the, you know, done the, the rape kit and everything. It was all they were doing it by the books. Right. To take care of this situation legally and like, right, you know, right. uh, legitimately. And um, yeah, when that, when that's happening, you can't like you can't have an opinion, really. It would be kind of wrong to have one because. You can't really take sides on something that isn't set in stone. You know what I mean? If there, if no one has been like found guilty of anything, like if you take a side based on that, then that's problematic, right? Because you're doing it off of hearsay or you know, no, no actual evidence, right? So I understand what you mean by like, you know, that that was a legal issue. You know that you should probably stay out of. So, so did you try to kind of stay out of it? Well, or? yeah, of course I tried to stay out of it because, like I said, that's not anything that. Uh, well, immediately when this story broke, right, the person, the victim, the alleged victim, uh, came out on social media and made a you know a very long post about what had, the events that had transpired and their side of the story. And um, like I said, there was a legal aspect going on. And so the alleged uh, perpetrator had lawyered up and um, basically the lawyer said, don't say anything. So he was kind of radio silent uh, throughout the whole thing. And people began to say, oh, silence is, you know, guilt. You know, Uh, we need to hear his side, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but oh, this is all going on over there, right? This is all just, uh, Instagram chatter, you know, right, social right. media. He said, she said back and forth type of stuff. And like I said before, this is not anything that I really get myself involved with personally and definitely not with an organization because that's not something that I think we should have been at the time when we shouldn't be, you know, getting ourselves involved with that. So I was being pressured by people within the organization and some people on the outskirts of the organization, um, that were just kind of like in the scene, so to speak, uh, to come out with a public statement on behalf of the SFBMA about this event, right? Because a lot of other BMAs around the world had been doing so, because uh, it's all interconnected on social media. And um, at first I was reluctant. At first I was saying, no, we don't need to say anything. Like, this is not really what, uh, what we do. Uh, and more and more people kept getting on me to make a statement, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's have, we're, we're going to have a meeting this, you know, this Thursday anyway, you know, or not this Thursday, but back then, you know, we're having a week, we're having a meeting later this week we can all get together. We can talk about what we want to say because it seems like everyone wants to make a public statement. So I come to the meeting and, uh, you know, as the president, I'm sort of facilitating the meeting, right? And, you know, hearing different people's sides about what should be included in our message. And 
I was saying like, hey, you know, we if we want to say something, we can make it, um, you know, very general and just say something like the San Francisco Bike Messenger Association denounces uh, sexual assault, violence uh, of any kind. Uh, perpetrated by anyone against anyone, you know, blanket across the board. It's just deplorable behavior that we do not agree with and we do not condone in our organization. Right. And if it happened here and we found out that it happened here, we would deal with it swiftly and, and you know, with with legitimate means of justice, right, right. you know, the right way, yeah. the right way. Um, so I thought that was good. I mean, I didn't say that exactly. You know, we kind of worked on, you know, I can't remember exactly something along those lines, though. Right. And I had a few people in my camp that were on board with that. They're like, all right, that's that's totally fair. Right. That makes total sense, regardless of what happens in Minneapolis. Yeah, we yeah. can say something that means some means this is what we actually believe. Right. If, if, if you were a corporation, let's just put it this way. If the SFBMA was a corporation and there was money involved. Uh, what what would these CEOs what what stand would they take? Of course, it's gonna be the neutral one, you know. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're gonna be like, oh, I don't want to hurt my interests. Like, I'm not gonna say anything about this, you know. You guys deal with it. That's a he said, she said problem, and that's that's a personal. It's it's even like a personal issue, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that was blown out of proportion. But the the whole the whole thing for me is that. It, it, it it's it's interwoven with a different problem uh one a cultural pop problem where like there's this whole like hashtag believe women or like there's all of this like counter men culture you know mm -hmm. where if you're a man and you have something to say it means nothing but the more uh oppressive points that you get towards your um identity you know like if you're a short gay homosexual black person that's also jewish that's also a muslim like the more of those points you have the more your voice is valuable you know mm -hmm. and so i feel like that's kind of you're kind of feeling the pressure of this like social political like like w climate yeah you know and it, it finally affected you in some way where now you're 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 for your hand is being forced to say something about something that you just don't want to participate in, right? And you have to take a side in one way or another, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. so you're saying you, you were neutral, but then what happened next? I was attempting to be neutral, yeah, of course, because, like I said, that's what I believe. Sexual violence against anyone perpetrated by anyone is is wrong, regardless of circumstance, no matter who you are, right? That's just, so, I think so, we can all agree with right, that. Right, so let me ask you this. Why not throw the guy under the bus immediately? Why well, Why not just say, yeah, I'm with her, and that guy's wrong. Well, because we didn't know. I wasn't there. It's all Instagram. He said, she said. But so did I everyone, don't... everyone else, is that their point of view? Well, the problem is, I mean, it's maybe it's not a problem. It depends on who you ask. But uh, the the alleged victim identified as a non-binary they, them person, right? Which, can I ask, uh, what is this said person's actual biological you know, if I were to assume, I don't know, I, can't, I, I, I mean, I would say I would assume that this person was biologically female if I had to put a guess, you know, so, but it's a really touchy subject. I can't no, that's like fine. even by saying that, you know, people are going to jump. No, that's my fine. Throat. So let's just say that it that this person is a biological female, uh, you know, based on obvious biological characteristics. Yes. That you can, you know, make I mean, a judgment on. Yes. Right. So we can say that she, that this person was a biological female. Um, and, and, 
and this is the person that you got in an argument with mm-hmm. in regards to this subject, right? Well, so I didn't get in an argument with her, no, because she's in Minneapolis. They're in Minneapolis, oh, okay, right? Okay. So, um, so that was one of the factors of why people were taking their side because they're part of this uh, victim class, this oppressed class of non-binary folk. Uh, so they had to be believed you know part of the like you're saying the whole believe all women it's that that category of women is being expanded to now queer folk trans folk and and i'm not saying that we shouldn't believe them and and uh when things are actually when crimes are actually perpetrated against them we want to exercise justice to the full extent of the law yeah based on facts based on facts without reasonable doubt precisely yeah so um like I said, this is all just Instagram stuff going on, and, uh, and I was not there. No one was there. It's just somebody posted some stuff on social media. So we don't know. We didn't know anything. So um, let, let me. There was no facts, basically. Okay, there was no facts. Let me clarify this ju- just real quick, just mm-hmm. so that we, so even our listeners kind of know. So uh, this person who was allegedly, um, you know, accosted, mm-hmm. who, who uh, by a male bike man. The the other perpetrator is a male, right? Yes. Ma- male bike yeah, he, messenger. He, he's not uh, trying to hide anything. Okay. Oh, okay. he's he, yeah. He's male, <laughs> and this non-binary they/them person is potentially a biological female. Yes. But she dates men. Yes, she's married. They are married to a biological man. Okay. So and then oh, I see. So wait. So this person is married to a biological man. Precisely. And but then still wants to be described as they/them. Yes. Yes. So she's not Which is not uncommon. I know other people that that are okay. in that same situation. Okay, but but what was she doing with another dude? How did that situation occur? Well, that I cannot say. I'm not that person. Um, but I you know, I, I wasn't there. I don't know what they're thinking. Because uh, it's not like I, she was kidnapped and dragged to some place. You no, know what I, I mean, the the okay, the, the basically in her statement that she that they put out, uh, they were uh, at a bar drinking i went back to her place got into bed and then uh that's when he forced himself upon her uh but they've already been out drinking and they've already gone to bed together yes come on dog (laughs) (laughs) and then she's gonna so oh my god see this is a problem dude how you gonna just go like 99 percent of the way and then when the dude like goes with the 1% more, which is assumed is going to happen at this point, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's rape. I've been raped. Like, yeah. nah, you have regret. You have dick regret. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, stop, stop lying, you know what I mean? But I, this is my personal opinion. I'm not shedding any light on anything how you feel. I'm, yeah. This is how I feel totally, about man. the situation, yeah, you know? Like, it just seems unfair to me that, that this person is being accused of rape like if i was going to take any sides i would take a neutral side as well because yeah. it's like she could have been accosted of course yeah. you know dude could have done something very stupid uh-huh. you know like try to forcibly have sex with this girl that's a possibility yeah. a high a high one too but the more likely scenario is that she led him on and on and on and on and on and and then realized hey actually i'm married like what am i doing you know and tries to pull out like at the last second mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. so i feel like it, it, if you use common sense and you build a proper argument against this allegation, right, that this is one of the reasons why it was a legal battle because mm-hmm. it's not a clear cut like, oh, it's dude's fault, you know? Yeah. It's not. So yeah. we can't really have an, an opinion on something that's like 
teeter-tottering on the brink of like it can be this it cannot be that you yes know? yeah it's just, it's just ethically wrong for us to support either party yeah we got to let the authorities take care of that problem right but why is it that now the community has obviously taken a side which yeah. is the uh the, the community took the the they them side well not everybody in the community that's something that we got to look at but okay. the, the people that are most vocal about it are the ones that were uh, wanting to take the side of the alleged victim? And can I ask something? Yeah. Were Were they trying to uh, Were they trying to uh, use force to punish this or humiliate the other party, the person being accused of committing this crime? Uh, yeah, totally. Because here's what, what I, here's here's what I'll say about that. So I was attempting to make a very neutral statement on the Instagram page. Like I, I'd already explained to people that had come to this meeting because not only uh, did we get a bunch of people at this meeting, but it was a handful of people that never come to any of the meetings that I had not seen participate in any events or anything that has to do with the SFBMA before. But when this uh, situation unfolded, uh, then they came to the meetings to have their opinion be heard, which is fine. That's all great. You know, like if there's something that's happening within the community affects you in a certain way and you want to come voice your opinion about it, by all means, if you're a bike messenger in, in the city or Oakland or surrounding areas and you participate, you know, you are part of the scene, so to speak, like by all means, we want to we want to hear your opinion. Um, they are not dues paying members, but realistically, there's not very many dues paying members. Like I pay my dues. There's a handful of people that I knew that I know do pay their dues. But for the most part, most people don't pay their dues. It's like 50 bucks a year. You get the little membership card. You get discounts at bike shops and stuff right, like that. Right. Um, but a lot of people don't do that. They still come to the meetings. They still come to the events, but they don't actually um, uh, pay into it, which is probably the fault of myself uh, as the, you know, as as the president at that time i should have you know gotten more people involved and like, hey you know you want to see this grow we got to pay for it so we can have funds right, to do right. other things and blah 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 but anyway beside, beside that point um uh yeah so these people were coming in that had not really been participating before and uh they were not satisfied with a neutral statement they you mean they as in a group of people not there was there uh, was not, a, not one individual yeah right? yeah precisely <laughs> yes yes there was multiple people there um that were not uh they were not satisfied with a neutral stance they wanted to use these people's names and uh some really intense language to you know uh Basically, can you describe some of this, uh, some of this language that they wanted you to I use? I mean, just really hard, you know, rape, you know, uh, just, I mean, that word, you just put that in bold, you know, like, and like, they wanted uh, you to you know? use names. They wanted me to use names, right? They wanted me to use names and say that this person, I don't want to use names because I mean, it's a whole person that we, you know, I mean, we can get into well, what happened and, that and later and afterwards, but it, illegally, it's not even allowable. You can't call, you can't accuse someone of rape. If it's an ongoing investigation, yeah. like you don't know that it was rape. You know, you can have an opinion, which is what I told people. Mm -hmm. If you want to say whatever you want to say on your own personal account, by all means, please. You can talk trash about this guy. I can't stop you from doing that. But you but, can't use an organization. But yes, uh, as uh, the organization, we're not, uh, you know, I'm making the call as the person in charge of the organization. We are not taking a stance saying this person is bad and this person is good. When we don't know them, they're way over there. I've never met them in my life. None of us have ever met them in our lives 
But because of that one person's identity, we have to believe them over another person. So yeah, because her identity is more valuable than that of a white privileged male. Yeah. 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 Well, in their eyes. In their eyes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, they were not happy with a neutral statement. They they wanted to um, come out and say this person is evil. This person should be believed, and we should stand by this person. And we're going to open up a GoFundMe or whatever, and we're going to donate money to them and help with their legal battle. Blah blah blah. Stand behind this person. Throw this person under the bus. That's what they wanted, right? And I said, I'm not willing to do that with the BMA. And then uh, this, you know, and then they started calling me names. I called. So, them. so what did they? How did they turn it around on you? What did they call you? Uh, I became a rape apologist. I became a transphobe, um, and then I also became a racist because one of the per- people arguing with me at the meeting was a person of color. Uh, what they were a, a Latinx, a Latinx. There was a Latinx Jesus person. Christ. So uh, there was a Latinx person there, non-binary Latinx person, um, that was uh, very vocal. This is this story is unbelievable, bro. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable, dude. It's like out of like some terrible YouTube video of like SJW warfare. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not good. But okay, so these people. So earlier you were talking to me about that particular situation and how that unfolded. So mm-hmm. let's let's break that down, the physicality of it. Because now you got all these people who obviously disagree with you, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. you're holding a stance as president. Sure. So the first thought they're having is, fuck Taylor as president. Yeah. Let's, let's impeach him. I was asked to step they're, down. They're trying to Donald Trump you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they're, so they're, you were asked to step down. Yeah. And, and. And then, so you're you're out drinking with these people, right? Yeah. Well, you're we're having at the a meeting, meeting at yeah. the bar. We're having we're having beers. You know, I'm getting a little toasted. I mean, we do that at our meetings because yeah, because usually we do don't have it. anything this intense. It's mostly like, oh, we're, you know, we have a race coming up next month. Like, who's gonna go get prizes? Right. Like, oh, I'll now talk to my beer. buddy at yeah, whatever <laughs> bike shop, and let's get beer. Exactly. But here they were like dropping a gavel and fucking doing the whole deal, right? Just like, getting yeah. very yeah, very uh, very vocal, very aggressive um you know and uh like i'm trying to reason with these people or at least have a conversation say like okay i'm willing to concede these points and i will i'll i'll go as far as to say this now can you meet me somewhere in the middle like you want you want to say this and i don't think that's okay i'll be honest with you dude like from what it sounds like it sounds like you didn't want to at first do like participate at all and then you ended up being like, okay, well, we'll say something, but we'll try to make it like, and then they were like, no, we want you to say this. And then you're, you're giving them an extra inch every time. Yeah. Every time you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess we can say something, but let's agree to meet halfway about what we're going to say. And these people just don't want to, they don't want a reason. Just no, they like, don't, yeah. they didn't want to, uh, uh, they didn't want to compromise at all. It's either yeah. you have to do what we say and, uh, this is how it's going to be. Um, or we, and that that's it. I mean, that's that's it. They're like, we no, we do not accept. You. Yeah, yeah, we don't accept what you're trying to say. This is. They were saying it's dangerous. It's toxic. Just being neutral. Being neutral is dangerous. Being neutral is toxic. Uh, you know, your ideas are dangerous. They were saying this kind of thing to me, and they're yeah, like, oh, you're sounding real transphobic right now. And I'm just like, dude, I, I don't even know what. Okay, so so this kind of thing happens, right? And now uh, they're pressuring you to exit the. The SFBMA, mm-hmm. right? Um, at w- at at some point you do that, right? Well, so basically, um, 
what happened was it's all sort of came to a head at the meeting, right? Where we're kind of going back and forth on this stuff. I'm, I'm willing to concede a lot of points, but I'm not completely willing to be trampled, you know, and, you know, just, just be like, okay, I'll do whatever you say. You know, like I'm not that kind of guy, you know, I stand up for my values and what I believe that the organization that I'm in charge of should be doing. Right. That's why I was elected democratically by the organization. Right. So when these people come in and they're trying to say, you know, such and such that I'm like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. I'm in charge and I have a password and you can fuck right off. You know, like if you want to come to the table and talk to me, I'm down. But if you just want to yell, then I'm just going to tune you out. Right. And uh, it, what what ended up happening is, uh, you know, one of the people at uh, so the, the Latinx person, I didn't know that they were Latinx. I, uh, uh, they were claiming to be a trans person. I had always assumed them to be a, a female, a girl, because that's how I perceive them. Right. And. I had never seen a uh, transition, so being a, I didn't well, believe them to be trans. Here, here, I'm gonna I'd known them for years. I'm going to say something just so that it's clear uh, on how I feel about that particular subject so that you know and so that my viewers know. That I believe that pronouns are for the people who are describing, for the describe, the describee, you know? Like, you're the, the person who is describing something. They're your pronouns, you know? Mm -hmm. You use them to describe things. And you describe things based on their characteristics. Like, if you see a car and you think it's a Honda, you call it a Honda. Yeah. It, maybe it's a Toyota that someone went and repainted and put a Honda sticker on it. You yeah. Know? But you think it's a Honda, so you call it a Honda. Yeah. You know? You can't get mad at the dude because he said it's a Honda when really it's a Toyota. Mm -hmm. But like, nah, bro, that's a Toyota, bro. That That's rude. Like, nah, my dude, <laughs> you painted it like a Honda and you put an H on it, bro. What yeah. are you talking about, you know? Yeah. So pronouns are for those who are describing, you know? And the person being described, they have no right to limit your speech or control it in a way where they want you to say what they want. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... That's crazy. Well, see, that's an infringement on freedom of speech. Yeah, but I mean, as a but you still you still did it anyway. Well, here's the deal, right? Because I understand that it's for the describee, but I also I also you know growing up in the Bay Area, I believe that you know in being I'm a very empathetic person, and if somebody I'm like really open and down to you know help you out in whatever way you 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 want, right? So when these people come to me and they say, oh. Uh, I'm I'm non-binary. You can refer to me as they them. I'm like sure, right on. I, I'll call you whatever you want if that's what you want to be called. Like I'm willing to, like I said, I'm willing to concede that point. I'll go along with it if that makes you feel better. I'll call you they them. You know, to make things smooth. To make whatever. things smooth. I'm not trying to step on nobody's toes. As long as you're not stepping on my toes. If you say, hey, can you do this for me? It's like it's not that hard. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll call you whatever you want. But then this is where, like I said, they. It's not enough. It was not enough for this person for me to just. Uh, be somewhat neutral about it. They wanted me to actually believe that they were not a female. There, I'm like, no, I'm. Uh, it's like it's not what I want to be called. It's what I am. I'm not a girl. And I was like, I never said, that, you know, like, <laughs> okay. I with which at that point I should have just rolled my eyes and said, yeah, whatever. And, right, and, right. But uh, like I said, I had a few beers in me, and I was really confused by this because up until that point. I had understood the non-binary movement as people wanting to be called a different pronoun than they're biologically assigned at birth, which is totally down. I'm totally down for it. Like, I'll call you whatever you want, like I said. But this person was claiming that, no, it's not what I want. It's what I am, that they were literally claiming that they were something else. That's And you cannot question right. it. You have to believe it. 
And uh, but I was, that's their belief. You yes, know? yes. Yeah, but but they're now infringing your freedom by trying to force you to believe yeah, their they, ideology. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. were trying to control. They were trying to control my belief system and my understanding of the, of reality. Right. And um, you just said, uh, "No, I don't believe it." Yeah, basically, uh, I made an inappropriate comment about their, uh, you know, biological physicality, and uh, it was offensive to them. And, uh, that was it, you know? And then I immediately apologized. Uh, you gave, you gave them that. It seems like they were fishing. I think so. And, they were and, needling and needling yeah. and they were trying to get me to, and that's what it felt like to me as well. Mm. If they felt like they were, and I didn't realize at the time because I'm a dumb patriarchal male. That's like, Ooh, knuckle dragger. Go, go, go. Only good for bopping people on the head and dragging them into caves, you know? Right, right. So they, they, I didn't realize at the time that I was being, you know, uh, verbally baited, into saying something offensive so that they could use that to paint me as a horrible person and undermine my authority within the organization to get their political agenda across. And they hashtag impeached you right away. Yeah, then I was canceled. I was dragged through the mud. They printed, well, they didn't print, but they uh, put, they typed up like a five-page essay about all this horrible stuff that I said and did. Most of it was untrue. But but <laughs> as soon as it goes out on the internet, it doesn't matter if it's true or not because it just spreads like wildfire. Like, oh, he said what? He did that? Oh, he is a racist. He's a transphobe. But you He's see, a rape apologist. The thing is, like, homie should know. Like, if you see some bullshit like like, like if I saw something like that, I would be like, what? Taylor did what? Like, come on, bro. Like, I, I, how does everyone fall for something so easily? Yeah. It's because they're also being pressured by these same people. Yeah, and to, if you don't um, say this, then I'm going to say like Taylor. Yeah, then I'm going to say it about you too, right? You, you were made an example of. Exactly. In the cause, and they were like, look, do what we say or or we'll just hashtag cancel you and there's nothing you can do about it. So yeah. that's good. Honestly, that's that's thug shit. Like, they just thugged you out of your, your own organization. Yeah. <laughs> and they replaced you with someone that I'm going to assume is more open to... Uh, that's just a, yeah. a no backbone, do whatever they say type person, right? Yeah. You or, know? or maybe even like ideologically aligns precisely with, with their beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I know. mean, if they don't get somebody like that, then they will get a, ba- a, a spineless person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, they basically immediately after that they spread all this disinformation. They dragged my name through the dirt. I try. I went to work trying to like back myself up. Nobody backed me up. You know, I didn't get. You know, I get. Of course, like you said, like nobody, like everybody stepped off. They're like, oh shit, like he's getting you know, cyber bullied, like, I, and then, it, like you said, if you speak up, then they go after you too. And so some people did initially try to back me up. And then when they started to feel the heat of the whole thing too, they're like, Oh man, sorry, dude, you're on your own. Like <laughs> it's, it sucks. It's unfortunate, but like, I'm not going to go down with you, you know? That's so, why. So uh, there was people that came to me behind the scenes. There was a few people that were like, yo man, I'm on your side, but they didn't like say anything online. Right. You know, like, because of that same reason, but they would come to me in private and be like, yo, dude, like, this is whack what these people are doing to you. This is totally retarded. I want to tell you that I stand behind you and I'll vote for you at the upcoming election. Because that's what I said. They were trying to impeach me or, or they wanted me to step down. They're like, oh, apology is not good enough. You have to step down and make a formal apology on Instagram. And basically, they're like, because that was the thing they said that first, like, they're like, Okay, we'll forgive you if you just come out and tell everybody that you're a racist, transphobe, rape apologist, sexist. <laughs> That's retarded. Whatever, dude. whatever. It's like they give you the opportunity to shame yourself, and then we're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to step down. I'm not going to say any. I'm not going to incriminate myself with a bunch of lies like that. Then they're like, 
okay, well, then we're just going to do it for you. And then they continue with the smear campaign. Like, they're at least nice enough to give you the chance to smear yourself and just come out because that's what they want. They want you to just, like, kowtow to them, right? Yeah, yeah. And then once you don't do that, then they they just wreck you. And so that's what happened. And no one wanted to help me or participate with backing me up. And then, so I said, no, I'm not going to step down. I'm not going to apologize. Well, I did apologize, but I'm not going to make a public statement incriminating myself for some shit that didn't happen or I didn't say. But if you really feel this strongly, you can come out and vote in the next election that we've got coming up in one month. So they campaigned and they got everybody together. They got, you know, everybody's mom texting in votes from fucking Alabama and shit. You know, they're like, oh, my friend in Utah who used to be a bike messenger 10 years ago wants to vote in this election. And the guy that works in the office down at Nationwide Legal wants to vote in this election. And so basically they just gathered as many votes as they could. And, and like at this whole time, I'm in, I'm in the head of the organization and as far as I had been in there, we had never had this kind of turnout for an election. When I was elected, right. I won with like six votes. It's like six to three to two, right? You know, <laughs> and the guy before me won with like five votes. You know, it's like we only get, like I said, we were only getting a handful of people coming to the meetings and really actually actively participating. Right. But over time, during my uh, during my uh, term as president, like I got a lot more people involved. So now we got a bunch more people coming in. And then with this whole uh, situation, you got a whole bunch of people that jumped in. I had people coming, like screaming in my face spittle flying in my face like yelling shit like incoherent like how dare you type of shit in my face and i'm just like "Mm -hmm, okay like i don't know you want to have a conversation no okay well then yell as long as you want and then bye you know know, that's it's a problem with san francisco dude like especially but of course it's everywhere it's in la it's in oregon it's everywhere like this problem of this whole you know uh what i would consider identity politics Mm -hmm kind of infiltrating into organizations and making things uneven and unequal in the pursuit of equality right uh these people's ideology they they want to use force to make things equal they want equality of outcome yeah right by through any means necessary even with force that's what they did to you Mm -hmm. so that that i just find really crazy i'll tell you a story about actually another sf organization um the uh sf bike polo right mm-hmm. which is a lot of the same people from the messenger organization right and i owned the bike shop at the time and i would go to play bike polo here and there you came with me a few times and it was a lots of a, a whole bunch of fun dude those guys were cool everyone there was awesome right and i always played bike polo there and then one day there was uh, a person that I hadn't seen at the courts before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, moved to Oakland recently, and they wanted to come to SF to play bike polo. So they came to play, um, and it was a biological female that referred to herself with they, them pronouns as well, mm-hmm. right? And But she looked like a female, like 100%, right? Sure. So I assumed that she would use the pronoun she, right? So she asked me for help, right, And uh, with her bike. She was having mechanical issues with her bike. So I said, yeah, like, I'll check it out. So I was taking a look at the bike, and I asked my friend. I was like, yo, uh, do you have this tool so I can fix her wheel? And then she's like, oh, it's not her. It's they, them. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you can describe yourself however you want, but I'm not going to. Like, pronouns, my my speech is free for me to use how I feel, you know? And if to me, you look like a biologic female. That's how I'm going to describe you. I'm sorry. And she didn't say anything back to me. She just kind of left it at that. And she didn't play bike polo. She left. I played bike polo with everyone else. 
the next day, there's a whole hashtag cancel campaign going on on the fucking internet. Where they're like, oh, this guy owns a bike shop. He's a bigot. He's a misogynist. He's a patriarchy, blah, blah, blah. He's yeah, a yeah. racist. <laughs> like, yo, how am I? I grew up in, in the hood in L.A. I barely made it, you know? I'm fucking brown. My parents came from Mexico. What the fuck are you talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, are you insane? And 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 just because I refuse to use these pronouns while playing bike polo. Like, dude, I don't give a fuck. I was going to fix your bike, you know? I was doing you a favor, mm-hmm. you know? We're going to play bike polo. You don't want to play, then get the fuck out of here, you know? Like, I'm, not, I'm still going to play. The next week, I went back to bike polo after the whole scandal, right? Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, yeah, don't let him on the court, blah, blah, blah. He's this and that, right? I go anyway because I'm a troll, yeah. you know? And I, now I'm back at the courts, and this person's still there. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And, like, whatever, you know? And she's, like, not having it, you know? And then everyone's there, like, dude, like, what you said was wrong, bro. Like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, it wasn't, bro. You tripping. Like, I have the right to, to control the speech that I... You know, my words are mine. Like, you can't control my words. Like, this is not going to happen, dude. Yeah. It's just not. Legally, it's not even possible for you to request that from someone, you know? It's unreasonable, as a matter of fact. And it's just not in my beliefs to do so. Mm-hmm. And you need to respect my beliefs. You know, you can't force your ideology on me. It's not going to work. And then, next thing you know, a week later, I get messages from dudes that were like, oh, my God, thank you so much. This SJW thing was getting out of hand. These people were pressuring our organization, wanting more players to be females and wanting more players to be they, them, non-binary people and trans and all this stuff. And we couldn't play bike polo freely. We felt we were being pressured by all this other social stuff, you know. And they're like, and thank you for taking a stand because now these people don't come to play bike polo and now we can play freely. Like, that's what the messages that I got, like, on private, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, but in real life, they, did, they didn't back me up. Yeah, yeah. They fucking left me out there, you that's, know? Yeah, that's you know? unfortunate that yeah. happens. But, but in private message, they're like, oh, I agree with you, you know? Like, thanks for doing that. Like, my dude, you should have said that when we were on the courts, you know? Like, if you believe something, just believe it, you know? Just stand up for your beliefs, you mm-hmm. know? Don't let people run you in the ground just because they want to. And I continued to play to play bike polo there, and everything was cool. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's just one little incident. Like, but they need to know that they can't do that everywhere they go. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm not I'm not the kind of person to allow something like that to to just fly by me. You know, like I kind of live for that kind of stuff to happen to me. Like, I just hoping someone would say something stupid so I could like unleash on them. You know, <laughs> you are kind of a troll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and and I feel like the best way to deal with ideologies is to use reasonable rational arguments to take those uh ideologies down you know if someone comes at you with an ideology you just all you do is use reasonable facts to disprove them and you'd be all right for the most part you know if you just defend yourself properly without using any personal slurs or any like you know like any personal stuff you know you just make bigger arguments about the bigger ideology people usually get fended off by that they just like don't want to get into an ideological debate because the one funny thing about all these people who believe in all this sjw identity politics stuff is that they don't actually study those arguments if they did they wouldn't believe them because they're nonsensical you Mm -hmm. know the reason why they do believe those arguments is because they haven't taken the time to look through them carefully 
to realize that they're flawed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the surface, they're all rainbows and butterflies, mm-hmm. these arguments. Yeah. But in the core, they're rotten, you know? Mm-hmm. And they haven't figured that out yet. They, they, they still think that, you know. But when you present facts and when you, you, when you, bring, when you show them the, the rotten core and you're like, hey, look, dude, like, there's something wrong with your ideology, you know? They, they just don't accept it. It's mm-hmm. either going to be like, okay, I'll leave you alone, or B, I'm going to hashtag cancel you as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dox you. I'm going to tell people where you live. I'm going to tell everyone you're a rapist. Like, this is ridiculous shit. Dude, you can't do that. That's. I mean, well, mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's like the, the, the they do believe in sort of, uh, uh, I mean, I don't want to put, uh, you know, thoughts and words into other people's m- heads and, mo- and mouths, but... Uh, what I noticed is that a lot of these people that sort of uh, participate in this ideology, they want this sort of ideological utopia where everybody's getting along and kumbaya and stuff like that. But unfortunately, not everyone is going to go along with it. And basically, the plan that they are attempting to execute is, well, what's the easiest way to uh, not have people that disagree with you in your ideological utopia, Right. You just get rid of them, right? You don't, and if they don't, like, you try to talk to them and, like, hey, man, you know, like, you should really not say that or whatever. And if you just say it, I don't care. Like, I'm going to do whatever I want. It's like, uh oh, you're not part of the cult. You're not part of the, you know, like, yeah. the ideological sphere, you know, like, so you have to be dealt with. And they are, you know, like, they just have to cancel you, get Dude, you out of there, get your ideas away from them. It's because- borderline, like, Hitler tactics you yeah know? that's what he did he he's like oh if you don't believe what we believe then go fuck yourself was, you know and then yeah. it could you know that's when they could escalate further and further until they start just straight up people just are disappearing in the middle of the night i'm not saying that's happening right now and no. it, it might not get that i mean anytime but, soon, they're, but they're not physically disappearing people but you I mean you disappeared from the face of the internet yeah i mean i i got so it was awful dude. i had to delete all my accounts i was just getting too much hate mail and i was like you know what fuck this i don't even want to be online anymore like this isn't fun you know like I was doing this to communicate with my friends and like, you know, organize events and stuff. And if they don't want me to organize events, they don't want me to run the BMA. They don't want me to do all this hard work for them. I'm doing the work for you. And then, you know, you're just going to just kick me out like that. I'm like, all right, fine. You do it then. Like, and then you will see all the work that I put in by myself, my own blood, sweat and tears to make this happen for you. And then you treat me like this. Okay, fine. You do it now. And then, of course, they're out of money. They have no money. Like, their events are all garbage, you know? Like, nobody goes anymore. Like, one post is down, you know? Which is not any fault of theirs, but, you know, sim- you know the symbology it of it all, be you know? could because, you know, they could have easily relocated, replanned a different way to fix that situation, you know? I'm sure if they were fucking with one post and you were president, you'd be like, hey, we got to find an alternative meat spot. We got to do something here. But it seems like these people are not even in... The, like, they're not even the, in the BMA. Yeah, they don't the, even hang out in the city. Yeah, they don't, yeah. I mean, some of them do, uh, but they're like not, you know, they don't even hang out with the normal crew of people that participate, you know? Right, like, right. Like I said, they barely ever come to events unless it's a huge event, you know? And uh, they don't ever come down to hang out downtown. They don't come to the meetings. Like they came for that one meeting, then they came for the election, and then they're all gone again, you know? It's just like, oh, wait. They're not agreeing with us. Cool. Let's just but that's typical instill San Francisco, our power dude. and then just go back. To, you dude, know. They, these people do that to every organization probably. I mean, just imagine like it, – it, just imagine all the people like during the holidays in San Francisco, the city is fucking quiet because everyone, go, everyone goes back to where they actually live, you know? And they, no one – the natives, there's just like a, a few natives, you mm-hmm. know? And like everyone else is gone for the holidays, you yeah. know? So it's kind of – these people go to SF kind of like – 
use brute force to get things done how the way they want it. And then when they're not having it, they're just like, oh, it's the holidays, I'm out. And they just yeah. bounce, you yeah. know? <laughs> they're not even there. They don't and, actually care about the community no, at they all. Don't. If they, they did, there wouldn't be fucking needles all over the fucking ground and bums breaking into windows, jacking people at Twin Peaks. It's crazy shit, dude. Yeah. There wouldn't be like 60,000 people living inside of Golden Gate Park if they gave a fuck. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the truth is that they don't. Like, it, it, it's the people that complain about the gentrification in San Francisco that are doing the gentrifying. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, Oakland's getting so gentrified. Meanwhile, they live in Oakland, you know, and they are from the Midwest, and they move to Oakland and because yeah. and it's cheap. Like, yeah. dude, you're the guy doing that. Like, yeah. how are you complaining about what you're doing? Like, Exactly. Dude, hella hypocritical, dude. And everything about these arguments is hypocritical. Like, the whole argument of we're going to use force to get you to believe what we want you to believe, right? Mm-hmm. It's hypocritical. Which is exactly against yeah, what, they were exactly. what they were fighting for, how, right? How are you going to try and create equality with force? Like, if if the majority of males want to participate in certain subjects, that's what they're going to do because they're naturally inclined to do that. Yeah. Because there's actual physical differences between a male and a female biologically. Mm-hmm. Factually, scientifically, uh, yeah. there are differences between a man and a woman mentally physically the whole deal you know men are going to gravitate towards certain professions women are going to gravitate to certain professions just because a woman works uh just because most women work in the healthcare industry doesn't mean that they are a matriarchy that's discriminating against men i could go out there with a picket sign right now but like oh more male nurses more male (laughs) the matriarchy's getting you know like dude like that's not what's happening they're just naturally inclined to doing that yeah you know in Scandinavian countries where they're the most egalitarian, the most free to do what they want with free choice, right? There's more inequality. More males do more things like architectural design and things like that. More women take care of, of the healthcare stuff and schools and teachers and all that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it It's a naturally occurring, occurring phenomenon. Yeah. To try and use force to equalize that is retarded. It's going against nature. <laughs> going against nature. It's hypocritical. Because yeah. you want everything to be equal. But yet you're gonna employ the same tactics of race, like, to, like for example, uh, did you know that um, Asians have to score the highest in order to be, uh, you know, admitted into certain colleges? Oh yeah, they have yeah, to yeah. have the highest GPAs and the highest test scores. Like why? Yeah. How it, can you how can you make base requirements? How can you base them off of race or ethnicity? That's literally racist yeah affirmative action is is affirmative totally, action totally is racist definitely it's bi- and racist. it is biased against asians but but the sjw types don't talk about that because it's a minority that's doing well right and they don't want they that doesn't fit into their plan of minorities doing well they want to maintain the victim class so they can use it as a bargaining chip to exactly. to get their agenda uh, uh, passed you know get their and, their and the only thing that that across. leads to is is a terrible economy because when you go to home depot now, it's not the dude that knows everything about nuts and bolts that's helping you find a nut in a bolt. Now you go, and it's someone that's on their fucking phone on Instagram who doesn't give a fuck about nuts and bolts, who just got the job because she's uh, some some oppressive class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, that, that's, that, that's not going to make anything better, you know? Like, I don't want someone working on my bike as a bike mechanic just because 
they're a biological female and they got hired. Like, mm-hmm. if they fuck up my bike, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I want, don't care what you look like. I, I, I want my like. fucking bike fixed. If you're a chick and you fix my bike better than, than, than dudes, than dudes, cool. then fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, but but if you just got hired randomly just because... Because you got titties? That doesn't that's make whack. no sense. That's whack, dude. And that's literally sexist to do that. And the bicycle industry, which I work in, I'm a bike mechanic, and we were just talking about all the problems in the bicycle industry yesterday when we were hanging out in Belmont Shore. But but that's one of those problems is that these companies are doing the exact same thing. They're adopting these policies. They already put out several newsletters saying, hey, we're going to have a women-only program because we need more women in our industry. And no men can apply to go to this school where you can learn to be a mechanic. No men are going to apply this year. Only women. That's, that is something that's really happening Thing. right now. That's nuts. That's nuts. That's nuts, dude. How that's how so is, exclusionary. You cannot do it's sexist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the argument is gonna be, oh, but we're privileged. So well, <laughs> you just gotta do the the old like, oh well, I just identify as a female and you can't say anything about it or else you're a bigot. <laughs> dude, that that's that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I filled out the application and I and I put female. Yeah. <laughs> and then if they if I get called up, you know, I'm just be like, Oh yeah, I, I identify as a female. Uh, what's what's the problem? You better not refer to me as him. Or I'm going to be very upset, yeah. you know? I, I'll play it. I'm, I'm serious. I'll play it. I mean, that's what people are doing in sports, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, I'm a biological female. Mission Crit had the same problem. A lot of people started talking trash about that because they said, like, you can uh, participate in any category that you feel is most appropriate for how you identify. So you could have, you know, and say, I mean, Rogan talks about it in the MMA world. It's happening in all t- worlds of sports, right? Right. That you get, you get biological males coming into the female category and then just dominating the field. And then it's just like, you know, it's just, it's not good for women. It's not good for biological no. women. And, or men. We're reducing their safe spaces. We're reducing their abilities to participate and thrive together and have their own community of their, their actual safe space, right? Yeah. We're taking their safe spaces away by forcefully injecting biological males into it. And know? then another problem. It's kind of wild. It, another problem with that ideology is that if you force equality upon everyone, right? Okay, well, what about men? We deserve equality too. We do the most dangerous jobs. Why aren't women doing those jobs? Yeah. Why why aren't they in oil refinery? Why aren't they EMTs? Why aren't they police officers? Why aren't they all these things, you know, that are like extremely dangerous, you know? Where are they for these things, you know? Why is it that when we have a a, a battle for custody, the woman always wins? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it only goes one way, right? Yeah. Come on now. We all know this. Know, but, 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 you know, there are certain things that are unequal for men, you know, that need, you know, that, that if we wanted to get rid of all double standards and we really wanted to create a utopian or dystopian, I should say, yeah. you know, equality. Yeah, no, I totally agree with this. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like I can either open the door for you when you're going into a building or if you're talking trash to me on the street, I can punch you in the face, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> If you want to be equal, if you want to be a woman, be a woman. If you want to be equal, then you're going to be yeah, treated dude, like equal. It's like, what's how up with that? How can you can't beat why up a can't, woman? Yeah, if a woman's I... in the street, like, hitting you and you can't hit them back, you know? Yeah, why is it that I could just I'm not, run I'm up? I'm not advocating for hitting women. I'm just okay. pointing out the double standard there, you but, know? But think about this. Why is it that I can roll up on some random dude right now and be like, yo, fuck you, dog, and just sock his ass? And that's socially acceptable. And yeah, I might like, oh, go whatever. to jail <laughs> or whatever, you know, I might get... Uh, charges pressed against me but in the end like it's not like i'm not gonna get hashtag canceled for that you know? yeah but if i go out there right now and i hit some random lady 
or some some stupid girl who yelled at me who 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 tried to stab me with a knife. Yeah. Say a girl tried to stab me with a knife, and I knocked her the fuck out. That I would still be the evil person yeah. for doing that, you know? Yeah. Like how? look at her face, <laughs> look at her face. <laughs> <laughs> but if something like that happened, you know, like that's a double standard that, like, obviously we know why because physicality is important. Most men are physically more capable than women. Mm -hmm. And this is something that's really funny because they're like, no, like, everyone's the same. There's no such thing as gender. It's a social construct. It's not real, just in their head. Well, okay. (laughs) The whole thing about gender is like, I don't really even believe that gender is a real thing. I think gender is based off of, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, stereotypes uh, of, like, clothing that people wear, basically, because, like, this is the one thing when this whole thing happened and people started dragging me through the dirt and I was just, like, so confused. I'm like, well, what is gender then? And I started really d- diving into it because I thought I understood and I thought I knew what was going on, and but I, apparently I didn't because everyone's telling me, oh, you don't know about gender. So I started looking into it and I started asking people, I'm like, well, what is it, you know? And so then you, I was getting multiple different types of explanations of what gender is. It's like, there's, there's the born this way, you know, it's like, oh, that's one of the things that you hear people say. It's like, oh, I was born this way. I was born a woman in a man's body or born a man in a woman's body, whatever. There's the oh, born this way argument, right? There's the social construct argument, right? Which is just like, oh, you know, you weren't born that way. Society makes you the way that you are, right? Right. And then the third one is your your gender can be fluid and you can kind of change it whenever you feel like right. it and decide, right? And all three of those completely contradict one another. So I'm yeah, like... Yeah, no, but all, all three are also wrong. Yeah. All three have been debunked. Like yeah. For, for, the, for, the, for the gender dysphoria argument, right? Against... Uh, people who say I'm born this way, right? That's that's the people that don't have a problem with their gender. They have a problem with their biological sex. Exactly. They believe that they're in the wrong body. That's gender dysphoria. Yeah. So for so, someone who suffers from gender dysphoria, which is actually now a clinical classification of a mental disease, mm-hmm. which is is identified now as a mental disease. Like it's not, it it isn't something that you want to be. Why don't you want to be trans? Because the rate of suicide is extremely high. Mm-hmm. You know, the risk of there's just too much risk involved in doing something like that. Yeah. So obviously it's not desired to have gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. You talk to anyone who's actually trans, they will say, if I wish that I could just have been born in the body that I was designed to be in, you know, like I don't want to feel like a woman when I'm really a male. That's too much work. Yeah. You know, they, they all say that they all say like, it would be beautiful if I was just born how I wanted to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is, is like classified in that way. So you can already just debunk that scientifically, you know, mm-hmm. with facts. Then the argument of of gender as a social construct, they did an experiment on this with a female and uh, a, a little boy and a little girl in the '60s that everyone quotes. I can't think off the top of my head the specific um, test that went on, but essentially all of uh, all of this uh, gender identity politics comes from this uh, study. And they just basically took a young boy, uh, a set of twins. They raised one as a boy, one as a girl. They were both biological males. And then eventually they both reverted. So the study that is being used to support the idea that gender is a social construct because they took two twins that were biologically identical, mm. forced one to grow up as a female, forced uh, uh, forced one to grow up as a male, then the other one turned, and in 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 her later years decided I don't like this is wrong. I shouldn't have ever been a female. I want to be a male, you yeah. know. And so then that whole argument just falls off because they were saying, yeah, 
it's society okay. is telling you, oh, when the boy wears the blue shirt, he becomes more masculine or some whatever. Of that, some know? of that stuff is true though, like for, like colors. Like there's no color assignment to like sex, you know. Like I feel like that's kind of weird. Temperament and feelings though, that's a whole different story. Like men are gonna be more cutthroat. They're gonna be. Uh, they're just different, you know. Women are gonna be more empathetic. They're gonna focus on, on how p- things they feel. They operate and... more from a right brain perspective, whereas men operate more from a left brain, which is you know logic, uh, reason. But saying uh, that is know, a problem. Spatial awareness. Saying that is a problem because you're saying that women are not logical and have no. Reason. I'm not saying they're not logical. I'm just saying that they do operate. I'm, <laughs> I because know because everybody like the goal, right? So the goal. Is to is to balance your mind between both the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere. It's exactly right. right. You know, it's exactly you you right. want to be logical. You want to be. Everybody wants to be logical. Everybody wants to have reason. But you also want to be empathetic. You also want to be creative. You also want to be. You need you both. Know, the other the, the more feminine aspect. You can't be one or the other. Yeah. Or you're gonna be a dick in one way or another. Yeah. Right. So if you're if you're too far off the edge of being empathetic and you only care about how things feel. Then you turn into SJW. Mm-hmm. And if you're too far on the right and you're just like only care about the hard logistical facts, yeah. and then you're a conservative weirdo, you know? Yeah. So it's like that's that that is why we have political climate. It comes from the same dual duality type of thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. That's where all this tribalism shit comes from. And and these people don't realize that they're participating in a tribal game. They think that they're changing the world, that they're really like doing something good for everyone, and they're really not. They're really just fucking everything up you know what i mean fucking up small communities like the sfbma mm-hmm. fucking up large communities like the whole fucking country you know mm-hmm. it's, like, it's all going to shit social yeah. media all of it dude it's ridiculous and so what what we need is to figure out a way to be able to do the things that we want and to not let these ideological constraints battle us like that you mm-hmm. know so we were talking about that like with your whole situation now that you're having to deal with the fallout of this occurrence right like what is your next move like what are you gonna do now to kind of bounce back from this i don't know man i mean uh i i've i've been thinking about that topic myself for a long time you know um because that was my life i was planning on being the president of the bma for a while like i had no plans to stop i was going to do it again the next year and then probably again the next year and i had no plans on not, not being a bike messenger i had a great apartment a great job you know social standing within the community i was well respected and well liked and i'm was thinking to myself wow i really found something that i can be a part of a community that really uh, i enjoy that respects me and i respect it and i'm working with all these people and uh you know this is a real family that i can be a part of right and then when the carpet was ripped out from under me like that uh you know it really like like I said, I got off all social media. I quit my job. Like I just didn't want to have anything to do with bike messaging uh, at all after that, you know. And uh, of course, I'm always gonna love bikes. That's what goes without saying, you know. Obviously, I'm, but I'm. I don't know what to do. I've been working random odd jobs just to make money to pay rent. Um, I'm, you know, running away. I guess you know. I'm on my little bike tour right now, and that's just basically what I've been doing. Is just. Working odd jobs, you know, stack up a little cash and then just take off on my bike and go, you know, just ride away, you know, and get out of the city because it's the city is starting to feel constrained. That's where my 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 space is, my studio space where I live. So and I pay such a ridiculously cheap amount of rent, especially for the San Francisco, you know, housing environment. So 
it seems un- ridiculous for me to give that up and move away. Uh, but at the same time, I end up like locking myself in my room. I don't want to go outside because I just, I know this is how people are acting. And I, I just feel like I'm walking on eggshells now and I'm feeling more like I just want to get away from, you know, major metropolitan areas. And, you know, I'm also getting older. I'm almost 30. So, uh, you know, I'm starting to think about things that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Well, do I want to have children and a wife or whatever, you know, like, you know, more traditional things, or do I want to continue to just be wild and out long hair, riding my bike around type dude, which is also a fun (laughs) thing to do. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know which direction I'm going to go. It's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's in the air right now. I'm just still just figuring it out. But I think that, uh, that, you know, getting tossed out of the BMA was a huge catalyst for me to really start looking into my life and who I am and what I want for myself. And, you know, like, I don't want to say fuck everyone else, but I mean, like I did realize after this whole thing unfolded and it all happened to me, I did realize that you are kind of alone out there. You know, like people that you think are your friends can just easily turn on you whenever they feel like it for whatever reason they choose. Yeah, we were were talking about this yesterday as well, how the state of the economy is really reaching in to everyone's industry and everyone's kind of like dog eat dog world right now, you Mm -hmm. know, like. No one has money. Everyone's kind of looking out for themselves to just barely get on by, you know, in every industry, in the bike industry and and what I do as like bike shop stuff, you know, in the messenger. And it seems like everything's kind of drying out, you know, and Mm -hmm. the people that are left fighting for resources are these types, the SJW types. They're like, no, we're going to get what we want, you know. Well, okay, I see two camps here, right? You have the 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 more. liberal SJW types that are basically uh, advocating for larger government because they want, you know, government funded housing. They want uh, reparations. They they want, they want reparations. They want the government to pay for stuff, right? Yeah. They want the government to pay for stuff and they want wealthy people to pay the government that's ultimately going to pay for their stuff, right? And then, so that's, that's their end goal is basically to have a, a large government that's going to take care of the people and, I don't really agree with that because I think that that sort of is giving up your personal power and responsibility to someone higher. Yeah, it's the idea uh, that the collective, the identity of a group is more important than the individual. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, they're all, uh, you know, suckling at the teeth, so to speak, of the government, right? And the government can choose. I mean, we just had the fires in Northern California recently and PG&E decided just, oh, we don't we don't want to start any fires, so we're going to turn everybody's power off. And they just flicked the switch, turned everybody in the whole Bay Area and Northern California's power off for like a week without, you know, Damn. they just said that they were going to do that and they just did that. And like old people, like their fucking fridges went out and like, you know, it's like it was chaos, dude. Grocery stores were selling out. Nobody could get gas, you know? And uh, like cell phones were out, AT&T towers went down to power and nobody could use their phones. People's TVs weren't working. So you couldn't even watch the news to find out what the fuck was going on. Where are these fires? Are they getting close to my house? It was horrendous. And then the fire started anyways. And it was also PG&E's fault because the stupid shit is everywhere around San Francisco went out of power. But San Francisco itself... Still, still remained with power. still had power the whole time because that's where this like little elite stronghold is, and they have the the huge power lines, the the tra- the transmission lines that are so they turn off the localized power to areas around it, but they still have the transmission huge transmission lines traveling through these areas to reach San Francisco to right, power right. their city, and those are the ones that were going down, starting fires in these lo- areas where their localized power had had been turned off, and they got fucked while the people in San Francisco can just go about their daily business without even <laughs> no, understand you know like they. They don't care about anything right yeah, yeah so 
that's that but what i'm saying is like when you give away your power like at that time i was on my uncle's property and he has solar he's completely off grid he's got his own well we pump our own water we have solar you know the whole package we can run tv all day long satellite dish everything's off grid we can it's totally self-sustainable in in mendocino county in mendocino county yeah so i was there so we were good but everyone else that we knew like there's one guy one of my uncle's friends he couldn't get water to his house because he has water. He's like, you know, they're boonies, like hillbilly types, you know. So he's got his own water tank and, you know, he has a truck come out and fill the water tank. But it's down the hill on his property. So he needs an electronic pump to pump the water up to the house. So he had water, but he couldn't even get it. He had to go out with a bucket and, you know, <laughs> open the lid and dip the bucket in like he's in Africa or some shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Walk so, like three miles to his crib. So, Damn. so yeah. Um, but uh, basically what I'm saying is, that when you want the government to provide you with stuff, you have to realize that the government can just turn that off whenever they want. These these the co- corporations or whatever, anybody that you give power to, uh, and your personal responsibility to, they can that, take it whenever they feel that, like that, it. That's the key. That's the key. Is the key is that is that the reason why they prefer a larger government as opposed to you know a smaller government is because. That they want to give up their freedoms in exchange for not having to worry about less anything. responsibility. Yes, that's exactly right. So they want to be less responsible for they for for their decisions and economic uh, strategies in, in our where we live in this country. They want less responsibility. They don't want to think about that stuff. They want someone else to do it for them, and they just want to be pampered and taken care of. Like yo, that's like that's crazy. That's bad because yeah. like you know like you're I, giving up your freedoms. Yes. It's like it's like you know it's the same reason why conservatives don't want to give up their guns. Yeah, you know? it's because okay, sure, let's give up our guns and make everything safe. Or is the government going to give up their guns? No, no. they're not going <laughs> to give up their fucking guns. Or is China going to give up their guns? No, absolutely. Hell not. no. So like, can we really realistically give up our guns? No, I, I would. Not, I know? would. I would never. I mean, I don't own a gun myself. I mean, I'm in California where it's like pretty difficult to get one. Yeah, yeah. And then even when you do, it's hard to get bullets. And I've never been. I've never shot a gun. I'm not really a gun person myself. But I. Ha- I know a lot of people that have guns, and I totally am supportive of Second Amendment rights. And I think that everyone should have a gun. I would love to. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just. I, I don't see. Th- I don't think I'm responsible enough. See, this other thing is like. I wish that I was more personally responsible because I also end up finding myself being completely irresponsible a lot of the time. And um, But I do agree with some sort of conservative values. But at the same time, the, there's the, the people on the quote, on the right or whatever, they don't have the whole picture either. They're doing things nah, that, that are not yeah. helping either, you know? No, it's the other half. Like yeah. those, because these dudes, they're all like, you know, uh, let's just keep drilling and fracking and, you know, building automobiles and just yeah. like taking capitalism and fucking running with it. And yeah, it's super cutthroat on that side. Right. And on that side of the spectrum, it's just like way more doggy dog. It's like the opposite of collectivism. It's individualism where it's just like, you're okay with fucking up somebody else if it means right, your right. survival. And that's, I don't agree with that as well either. You know? Yeah. That's a problem. That's a, that's a, that's the whole, the whole idea is that it's a pendulum, you know? And it's always swinging back and forth, mm-hmm. right? That's why in every election, the government is always electing. And I say the government because I don't really believe that we do any electing with our vote, you know? But no, absolutely it, not. Yeah. But uh, but but the government is always like, okay, Democrat, okay, Republican. Okay, Democrat, okay, Republican. You know what I mean? Like yeah. George Bush, Bill Clinton, you know? Obama, Trump. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's how they do it. Like, yeah. it's a pendulum. They swing it. They mm-hmm. can make some people happy for a little while and then make some people happy for another little while. 
and they keep this balance like going, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Without people just like having another civil war type of shit, you know? Well, now everyone's talking about, oh, the civil war is coming, but you know, like the boogaloo or whatever, you know, like the civil war is going to come back. It's all this sensationalist Trump shit that's going on too. And yeah. like, the, the impeachment and all this like boo-boo. well that's just i mean that's just uh soap opera soap shit, opera shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know Fucking, it's uh, crazy how how i feel like people have been roped back into the whole two-party paradigm i remember like 10 years ago when george bush fucking got us into you know the iraq war um and you know we we were going over to the middle east after 9-11 which you know you can say whatever you want about what happened there you know who did it or inside job or whatever kind of thing you want to say Basically, it was used as an excuse to go, you know, fuck some shit up over there. Yeah. And like this was not it was not within the interest of the American people. We don't like war. I'm anti-war, dude. I've, there's a lot of people out there that are anti-war. And people were saying, you know, you know, not my president. I, I had one of the shirts. It had George Bush's face on it. It said not my president. You know, right, right. And people at that time were saying, like, we need to get out of the two party paradigm. We need to say yeah, no that, to Republicans when... and Democrats. But somehow people have been roped all the way back into this. So they're now just like hardcore progressive Bernie Sanders type folk or they believe that Trump is a hero and he's going <laughs> to save us and nothing that he can do or say is wrong and he's playing 4D chess and 6D yeah. chess and oh don't don't worry the, trust the plan like you know he, he you might not understand it but he's fucking he's moving these chess pieces around and he you know he's going to take out the deep state and all this type of shit when really if you look at what he's doing he's going along with all the same bullshit that elites have been doing the whole time like the the war he's expanding military in you know, in the Middle East, Guantanamo is still Guantanamo. open. Guantanamo, you're <laughs> that's just not going away. It's not going away, dude. Like we're still, you know, like he's we're still drilling and fracking and producing oil, and now so we're we're doing that in our own country, fucking up our own natural environments, right? And then at the same time, we're still building military expansionism in the Middle East, which was, the whole thing we were over there for the first place was for oil, and so we all wanted to pull out of that and do, you know, like oh, we need to reduce our dependency on foreign oil. So then he started fracking and drilling oil in our country. But why are we still doing shit over there? It's like, dude, he's actually double fisting, you know, these conservatives. And they think like, oh, you know, you just don't understand. Trust the plan. And they're just like. It's a game of getting as much shit as you can before you're done. You know what I mean? So he's in there now. He's just trying to, he's trying to, you know, fucking thug his way into everything. Yeah. He's thugging his way through life and thugging his way through to the top basically you know he thugged his way into the presidency every president is, he actually, is a thug he didn't thug his way in he was i feel like okay i i believe that there is you know a large conspiracy that sort of umbrellas all other global conspiracies right and so i th- i believe in like you know the deep state or the globalists or the you know the the controllers or whatever the fucking illuminati whatever the fuck you want to call them right that these groups of people right and i think that you know they in the 2016 election, like they definitely wanted Hillary or maybe they didn't. It doesn't matter. But no, Trump, they, they definitely wanted Hillary. But yeah. Trump was plan B, right? He's plan B because there's not there's no way they would have let an election happen where they didn't own both parties. Right. Of course. Yeah. But 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 somehow all these people, the conspiracy theorists that like I was talking about 10 years ago, were saying we need to get rid of the two party paradigm. They got roped in and uh, with like some, you know, the, the whole that, QAnon thing. This, I is, think this is, really, is how it happened. Like, like, all right. So before it was. People were nonpartisan, right? They were starting to be like, man, fuck, fuck both parties. Like, we should just do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And then it became the the way that you, to answer your question, the way that they got rid of these people is they just said, oh, anyone who questions the dual paradigm 
is a conspiracy theorist and they mm-hmm. wear a tinfoil hat. So now, if you don't believe in democratic values and you don't believe in conservative values, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. It, or you're either left, right, or, but if you're in the well, middle. Well, now everybody's a crazy. conspiracy theorist, dude. People on the right are calling leftists conspiracy theorists. Oh, why are you talking about Russia, Russia hoax, impeachment hoax? You're conspiracy That's theorist. That's kind of true, too. And then the other people are pointing at the, that the, the people on the left are pointing at the right and be like, oh, you believe in like, you know, QAnon and, you know, all these other crazy right wing conspiracies that, like, yeah, where the Clintons yeah. are evil, which they are, and Schiff is, Schiff they, is corrupt, which he is. They're definitely corrupt. Like, but they're all corrupt. Nasty Trump people, is dude. corrupt. You know, he was in fucking Epstein's black book. That Epstein had his fucking his and Melania's phone number. He had the butler's phone number. His if you go like on Gawker, they have they published fucking Epstein's like fucking Rolodex. Yeah. And Donald Trump is in there. He's a huge fucking entry, and it's circled. Like not they're they're not all circled. There's a couple of names that are circled into F and Epstein's fucking Rolodex. Donald Trump's one of them. So there's pictures <laughs> of him together, like. And, with, know, and Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton uh, uh, dude I mean he they're all interconnected like for for the people that believe that Donald Trump is a, he's he's the hero that's taking down the deep state he's a white hat the alliance member that's taking that's down the deep definitely state definitely not true bullshit yeah. it's all bullshit like you've been you yourself as a conspiracy theorist have been manipulated they've been roped in they've been roped in right and it's by the deep state that you're supposedly fighting against See, but the, they figured out that you were onto them and they fucking just like led you on a little trail of breadcrumbs into a circle and now you're fucking just doing your little thing over here that's why and I, you're no longer a, you're no longer a danger to them people like alex jones and these people that's why i find that like the name of his channel funny Infowars. yeah because he guessed it he, there is an information he, he, war going on for sure war. you know what's but happening he, he's in. he's also now he's i mean so you know i watch a little bit of alex jones but even he is roped into you know save oh. me donald trump you yeah, know yeah he's definitely weird now yeah but what i'm saying is that like the game is now like convincing people A or B, you know, like everyone has all this disinformation. And like you said, everyone's a conspiracy theorist. Everyone's starting conspiracies. They're kind of like muddying the water, you know? Well, th- yeah. now censorship actually works because there's so much information out there that that people like the, the, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, these people that are in charge. They just flood the information market with so much inf- disinformation, right? That it just to muddy lost, the waters, yeah. and then they can say, "Oh, this person is lying, or this person is lying, or whatever." And so people cannot build a functional representation of reality for themselves. They don't know what's true, and so they either give up and just say, "Fuck it, I don't even want to participate anymore," and just let these people rule the world, or you know, they kind of funnel you into whichever conspiracy. Fits your and you know narrative. It's best. not even it's not even really people doing this anymore. If you think about it, algorithms are kind of taking over most of that shit. Like, yeah. Like for example, like we were talking about how it could be a possibility that the movie Joker uh, was um, potentially uh, could have they could have made bad reviews on the movie, like on Rotten Tomatoes and shit like that, like on purpose to kind of build like hype on it, you know. And so sometimes we've been noticing that things. Things happen and memes come out and they kind of flood the internet. Like if some new Netflix show is released, there'll be like a million memes on the subject, you know, like uh, all kinds of shit. Like, like for example, that movie where that lady wears the, the, the blindfold or whatever and she has to like swim on a, or ride a boat with her children through like, I forget what it's called, but it's a, it's a movie about. Oh, oh yeah, I don't know what it's called, but I can't remember what you're talking yeah, about. It's, so when that came out, everyone was like, oh, the movie sucks, like blah, blah, blah. And there were memes all over the place. But people watched it because of the memes. And now it's being discovered that there are algorithmic campaigns to promote certain contents 
on the internet mm-hmm. to make certain things hyper aware to make things go viral yeah right and they, they can manipulate that now so like but at the bottom of the algorithm somebody had to program that algorithm and they're programming their own personal internal bias into this algorithm right that algorithm has to be written by a person yeah 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 someone someone has a uh like facebook when you use it now you can sense the biasness of the creators you know what i mean to what they want you to see to what they want you to be friends with, what like everything that you interact with, they they're feeding it to you, you know. Like other people are saying, like if you go on Facebook and you type, it's like it's like it's like they amplify rage, the the mm-hmm. algorithm. Yeah, yeah, you know? gets more clicks that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just whatever is like trendy or con- clickbaity, clickbaity. They just it just ramps it up, you know, and it and it creates all of this stuff, you know. And then Instagram, it's kind of like another weird world, you know. Like all this algorithmic online stuff is really, really people are having a hard time comprehending it they're all getting baited you know everyone's getting roped into one ideology or another or conspiratorial just going down rabbit holes going down rabbit holes yeah because it's so easy to to get drawn in you know well that's like you know people call that the echo chamber um you know like if you say oh you like this we'll just recommend you 10 more you know and we'll just kind of funnel you down here and you know get you to watch this sort of thing but um, like yeah, I said, you, you that could, goes you could back watch to one video of say say you were like mm, I'm kind of interested in what Bernie Sanders has to say. You watch one fucking video of Bernie Sanders talking, all of a sudden they're like, oh he's a liberal. Send him more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and now you're wa- now now they're suggesting you everything that's considered democratic. You're like, dude, I don't mm-hmm. want to watch all this shit. I just want to watch Bernie Sanders, you know? I think the problem is that people are are lazy and myself included because it's really easy. To just keep clicking on the recommended videos. It's like, oh, that's semi-entertaining, you know, and then that's how you go that way. But instead, people, like, it comes back to personal responsibility. You have to be aware that the algorithm is just funneling you into this direction. But you as a sane, rational person, you want to take more perspectives in. You got to go to the search bar. You got to type something else in and actively, physically search out new information rather than just clicking down the line of the algorithm because the algorithm is going to take you somewhere that you may or may not actually want to go. Yeah, that's true. And with personal responsibility, you know, like if if you wanted to discover something, you just go and look it up. You know, you just be like, hey, well, you question it. Like, but then uh, the problem is that the, the the search bar even itself, you know, has yeah. biased algorithms yeah, in yeah. it. You know, you gotta use that so duck duck go. It's taking more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it takes more effort to to actually. You know, it takes a lot. It's like a full time job trying to understand and and interpret information and that's here's out there thing. now. It's fucking insane. Another thing about personal responsibility is that the easiest thing to do for most people is to just do what I call uh, ideological adopting. So they just go find their nearest ideal provider like cnn or nbc or fox or fucking now this or Mm -hmm. one of those fucking you know internet instagram teaching you how to be an sjw things yeah they find the nearest uh opinion provider idea provider and they subscribe to it and they just get the they just get the info and they just adopt it and all their ideas come from the same place you can tell right away false idols yeah, yeah yeah like if 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 you were really an individual, why would you believe the same things that everyone else believes? Why would you believe in, uh, why would you, like, I've seen many of these things where it's like, yeah, support trans people, support uh, uh, um, brown people, support 
uh, like those people are not in the same tribe. Like how are those all the same people? You know, mm. like those are all individual Inter- groups. Intersectionality, you know. That's... Intersectionality. It's exactly right. Like if we look up a picture of intersectionality, there's all these hands, and it's all like gay. All the basically the oppressed classes are considered now like one big ass oppressed class. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the women's march. They have, yeah. uh, you know, they have gay stuff and Black Lives Matter, and you know all these yeah. di- different. You and know? at the Black Lives Matter stuff, they got gay stuff and women's stuff. And women's stuff. Yeah. And not the- <laughs> They all have their. It's like a. It's like music festivals, dude. They all have their little booths up, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, come check out my band here." Pass out flyers. But you know? but but you can't. We have a show next week, <laughs> dude. But you blow people's minds when you're like, "Oh, well, I support the Second Amendment, but I also support, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders." It'd be like, "What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. You can't be an individual no more. You either. Yeah. Do, you got to eat it all up, you know. Or what the fuck are you doing? Or you're not on our team, you're right? And you're ostracized. Team, yeah. You know, and so you're not this one or you're not that one. And so these guys are going to call you the, that name and these people are going to call you that name. And yeah, so see, if you actually tru- uh, truly are an individual, you're like kind of outcast from, you know, you're like exactly politically right. homeless, you know, like you just fucking even even people like Joe Rogan have said like that he used to be a liberal and now he kind of like feels like liberals are like they kind of drifted away from what he thought he used to be yeah no myself included dude i'm from the bay area like i grow my hair out long and smoke weed and be all hippy dippy fucking lefty i'm literally left-handed i'm left-handed me too yeah 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 (laughs) so i mean i i definitely used to believe in a lot of liberal ideology and i still do like i mean of course it's it's, just not the same ideology but yeah like you say it becomes more forceful and you know it's just weird now yeah so you know that's kind of something that happened to you, that whole fucking situation, and it's unfortunate. And it happens to the best of us. I People have tried to hashtag cancel me like a million times. People have blocked me on Facebook. I've gone to Facebook jail several times for just saying stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been, people have tried to leave, people have tried to destroy the reputation of my bike shop by leaving bad Yelp reviews and crazy shit like that, like unfounded craziness, you know? People have tried all kinds of stuff to me, you know? Like, the best thing that I found is just to just hold your ground and be like, nah, fuck that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, be a man and just stand up for your for yourself you know, yep. and your beliefs. and like if Or be a woman and stand up for yourself and your beliefs, you know? Don't let no one pressure you into thinking that all women have to be believed. Like, that's crazy. Pe- you know? Women can lie, too. <laughs> women can definitely fucking lie, you know? Men can definitely lie. Yeah. Every, you know? There's bad people on uh, – good people, bad people in every category. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, but now, like, we need to step away from that. We need to become more unified. You know. Yeah. So, like, just before we uh, finish up this pod, kind of want to show everyone like more stuff, more of your stuff, because you do more than just the, uh, you know, the bike messenger shit. So. Yeah. We also have on here. I gotta go to the bathroom real fast. Can I? Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is here. That okay. I'm just gonna put on a music video that you. Sweet. Yeah. Right? Put pop yeah. that shit on. I'm gonna fucking go ahead. So, Not Dracula is also his musical identity. Blue is the highest color. Behold freedom, look around I have yet to find another That view is nice 
All the rest are on the ground. The top of Twin Peaks but overlooking the city. Doubt, just ask. Information's the highest illness. It's the easiest to spread around. It runs rampant through all the village. In fact, yep, yep. Taylor's back. But if you have doubts, yes, I was just mentioning the view is pretty sick to hear. You live at the top of Twin Peaks and SF, right? At that, that time. At that time, yeah. I remember at this at the time that you lived here. This is when you came to the shop I used to work at, right? That's where I met you. Yeah, at uh, right there on Stanion. Uh, Avenue Cycling. That's the one. And that's your drummer. Junki, yeah. He, uh, he's back in Japan now, unfortunately. I'm on the hunt for a drummer. If anybody's in the San Francisco Bay Area plays drums, let me know. And you have a music studio for practice and all, right? Yep. the comments dude i know right that's what i'm <laughs> reading these fools are clowning you <laughs> I am the highest human. they're telling you to use occam's razor oh, i don't even know what is that it's like an uh, an ideological tool that you can use to cut through arguments that are false uh, it's called occam's razor it's a good concept you should look it up aren't you proud of me but if you have doubt yeah, this was a uh, tiny, de tiny desk uh, submission a couple years ago, dude. <laughs> Speaking of uh, S SJW type uh, situations, this, yeah. Um, of course, I didn't win, or else I'd be, you know, kind of a big deal now. You'd be a cool guy. Yeah, the person that did win was a uh, midget amputee that played. <laughs> A midget amputee? <laughs> Dude. Yeah, she played a violin with her feet. Just, oh, man. I was like, oh, I can't compete with that, you know? <laughs> Dude, I feel like I should play all the race cards now. I feel like they're <laughs> they're the most valuable today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, no, I'm born of two immigrant parents, and uh, I'm brown. And I suffered through... Uh, uh, what, what would I call uh, Systematic oppression. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, like, oh, shit, you're a legal citizen? Oh, man, sorry. We can, uh, sorry, no, bro. <laughs> we We're only hi hiring illegal immigrants here, bro. <laughs> get out of here. Only refugees, bro. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. What's the difference between an illegal immigrant that comes here to fuck around and a refugee? Like a, a political escapee. What's the difference? Uh, Between... Uh, Wait, a refugee and a and an immigrant? I don't know where I was going that with that. I was just gonna say there is no difference. <laughs> Fuck it. All right, so we we played that, and you wanted to show us. I mean, you got a Bandcamp. You got all your tracks on here on Bandcamp as well. Yeah, I'm coming out with the hopefully. Uh, well, I'm working on a new album right now. This is just like a little twofer that I put out a, a couple years ago, I think. That was supposed to get 
printed on vinyl, but never happened. And the shit was super expensive. So what I'm doing is I'm just, you know, I'm going to do a full album, actually. Instead of just a two-song two little EP thing, I'm going to do a full album, put that out there, possibly print that on vinyl maybe. But uh, That's cool. Um, yeah, at least get that out there. And, you know, if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Whatever. I'm not trying to, like, make a bunch of money or anything like that. Here, here's one video that we made together. This is a... Uh... You're in this video. I am. Yeah, this is the uh, my cam view of the race. Uh, the one that you hosted. The That's me right there. Boom. <laughs> I'm in like third place. You Alrighty. did. All right. Who's, who threw this race? Uh, this is Rossi. Rossi put this together. You got all the BMX guys. The uh, what the hell are they called? Uh, Bay Game. The Bay Game crew oh, came for out sure. for this. And all the Fixie kids. Patrick Fixie King and his whole group crew. It was a big deal, dude. There's hell of people at this one. Look at these fools. This dude almost dies right here. Oh, Watch shit. This. Right here in the beginning. Oh! Yeah, fuck <laughs> that. And then your yeah, boy fell right there. Crazy. Hit his face yeah. on that rail. Oh, yeah. Dude, that fool got fucked up. Carlos. Broke his jaw or something. So this is the book wild shit we were doing when we were up there. This is, this is SFBMA shit. You yeah. know, the right way. That's me with the tank top. You're looking right at me right there. Look at this fool wobbling on that little bike. There's me. Well, I got a cute butt. <laughs> Get the fuck. There's Sean Mon crushing it. I think he actually ended up winning. It's Oscar and me battling it out. You got no brakes and you got a, a, an eight-speed chain. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kyle. Yeah. Damn, does he have a basket on the front? <laughs> yeah, he has a basket. <laughs> And he just like letting the bike go. Too crazy. Look at these fools. Oh yeah, this guy was crazy too. I he him. almost crashes into a wall. Oh yeah, I think you got that on cam too, right? I think so. Yeah, somewhere right here. Right there, look. He fucking hits the wall. Boom, boom, <laughs> he grinds boom. all on it, gets out of control type of shit. Then Bunny has to get his shit back together. Yeah. He's like, all right, let me reset. Let me reset. I was riding a mountain bike, so it wasn't like the fastest bike ever, you know? And it was tubeless, so it was just making hella noise. Like, woo, like the tires rolling. Yeah, you can hear it. I sure to rode a skinny tire bike. Oh, Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't have tried to follow him because then the same shit happened to me later. For trying to keep up on him, you know? Yeah, that's the pro that's how I got hurt during this race. I was trying to keep up with the person in front of me and I was just like, got so psycho over oh i'm gonna catch this guy it's like it's right not here like it's like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> like oh shit i shouldn't have followed him through that this is the kind of shit that i would hope to see continue to happen you know what i mean yeah man like i'd hate for the sfbma to just become fucking on your left <laughs> on your right <laughs> excuse me sir you're on the bike lane yeah, like right. dude you don't want messages to be acting like that all day long in the streets you're gonna get a bad rep yeah you know I mean? 
They them, sir. They them. <laughs> you know I'm going to post this on their shit, right? They're going to see this. Who? I'm going to post it on the... I'm going to tag SFBMA, the Instagram. Oh, God. <laughs> You're, you're making an un- no, up. you're making an unofficial comeback, son. <laughs> Dad, see, this is I don't know. I just I think this is just sick shit, you know, like having stuff like that happen, you know. It's just it's part of everything. But there's other edits of like other races you've done, like the death race, yeah, that was a good sick one. ass race. Um, someone, uh, Austin Esposito. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is probably I th- one of my first big races that I organized. Well, it wasn't my first race that I organized, but it's definitely the biggest one I did. And this is a really cool race actually because um, it was uh, sort of in honor of messengers that have come and gone before us on the streets, right? So yeah, you left the uh, the tags of the dudes at my crib uh, at the bike shop. Oh yeah, yeah. So basically what I did is uh, at, at, at a certain checkpoint, well, in, in the, the, the San Francisco bike messengers kind of have a tradition when a bike messenger dies, we have a, a location that we go to and, you know, sort of party in their honor. And then we ghost ride their bike to this uh, pier and uh, throw it into the water uh, at this fishing pier um, down in like District, District 10, uh, Bayview area. And... Um, Oh, this is a super cool checkpoint. Yeah, inside the tunnel. Sick. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to, at this time, like when I first became a bike messenger, I had a coworker who uh, died of a heroin overdose uh, and just like didn't come back to work one day, you know? And uh, I found, this is like when I had first started, you know, and I found out that this is actually a common problem for uh, the bike messenger community. There's a lot of death not so much from traffic because most of the bike messengers are really hot riders you know yeah but yeah. uh it's not the traffic that kills them it's the drugs and the and the and the you know yeah, fucking, the fucking your light, body up you light, know like yeah. Uh, yeah just doing all uh, oh there's me right there at the, at the finish line eddie finish coming line. in first eddie and kyle i love that spot too parkside they got good ass food there and it's dope good beer there's kyle damn Oh, I, I think I'm come out wheeling in this for no reason. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, dude, this is this is the element, you know. This is the type of vibe that you want, you know, from 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 kids that ride bikes. You know, that's all we're doing. We're just trying to hang out, just ride bikes. What's the problem, you know? Yeah. Why you gotta bring bullshit into the mix? Just ride your fucking bike, you know. Stop crying. <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> so so, style, ooh, hey, there you are, styling. Everyone's trying to style up. <laughs> and my brother racing here too, right? He's somewhere right here. There's Rossi. No, that fool came in hella late. Dude. Rossi was, oh, dude, so hammered for this. I oh, remember. That's, uh, <laughs> Eddie. He beat that race. He won it. Taking the win, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Act- actually, like, uh, like I was saying, dude, the intro to my, I have my own little podcasting going on. I don't, I've only filmed one episode, but the intro to the, my podcast is a camera of his run, you know? Oh, uh, he, I had it attached to his... Uh, is that this right here? Jargon no, party? No, I don't know what that is. It was... Uh, How do I find your podcast? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's called Get Hot, but it's Sound, Sound Surf Rex. Search Sound Surf Rex. 
sound and then uh s e r f like uh like a surf and then rex like r e x that's uh my buddy's uh that's my producer's uh yeah right there the one on the top yeah sound surf rex let's go to the little blink there we go subscribed and uh let's see he's got a couple of videos of my music and stuff but this one right here get hot right that's this? yeah that's the that's our own little uh bike messenger podcast that we got going on really shaky video i didn't have a gimbal or nothing like that <laughs> you could stabilize it in post yeah you put it into like final cut pro or something or premiere and you can try and fix it yeah by state with stabilizing algorithms uh, that's jerry right there so it's his uh damn bro this shit is fucking shaky what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> this is a hell of dude i it was yeah it's bad but it was like my first attempt. i never filmed anything before and i just attached some gopro to a shit and was like hey i think the problem is you didn't attach it correctly maybe it was vibrating it had a, a weird yeah the, the it yeah. was it was i didn't hey, what know the what fuck is on. this this is my you look like you're about to teach me how to i don't know this is Oh, inside your studio? Yeah, yeah. You can see in the background, I got my guitar up there, and I just, you know, this is my old. That's, that's my, my throwy right there. It says fuse. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I tagged on your wall. Yeah, that's Dogpaw right there. I'm interviewing him about the glory days of old in the San Francisco bike messenger community back in the '80s. Um, this is kind of dope. But uh, yeah, we don't have to watch the whole I thing. Hope, I mean, I it's like a 16, 17 minute okay, thing. Well, so no, I'm glad. To be here. Yeah, we, we, we just skimmed through it. This, this is interesting. I didn't know you did this. Yeah, I was gonna do more, but this is the one that I produced before the whole situation happened, and then after that, I was like, "Fuck being a bike messenger. Fuck doing things for these people anymore. Fuck the community," and I just like left. And so this was our first episode we made. You know what? You know what we should do? And then I just never did anything else after that. You should just run for president again, and then we just I'll help you get elected. We'll make it happen. I'm not, even a, I'm not even an active bike messenger anymore, nah, dude. Just hire me. I'll start smear campaigns. I'll do the whole deal. This is dope, dude. I like this. Can If you just... Uh, oh, did you edit this afterward? Yeah. Uh, well, not me, but my producer, Brian, who is the... Who's Sound Surf Rex. Kind of in the tradition of the older psychedelic light companies that like shows that we had you know so this guy he uh he this is dogpaw carrillo he's a mission kid san francisco born and raised bike messenger dude from back in the day he had his own production company called gravy dogs presents gravy dogs of course is the the mascot of the sfbma and he was doing the same thing that i was doing at the time you know like setting up events the races that end in concerts you know big parties at the farm and all this kind of stuff uh, he had a hand in the 94 CMWC, Cycle Messenger World Championships, that happened in San Francisco. He's got a shitload of memorabilia. These are all his little bicycles that he's got set up on the stage here, or on the, you know. He helped put this whole visual aesthetic together. He's a great artist, and uh, he was a light show dude. He used to do light shows. I'm a musician, so when I set up events, I play there. He would set up events, and then he'd go set up his projector and, like, project yeah, we, images we all, and do light show stuff. We all do things based on, like, are particular like if you notice like you were performing often and say at the places that you were booking for the end of the race kind of thing right you played as not directly a, a, a few times even at, at my bike shop we had a show there which i can maybe actually pull that up too i'll show people kind of what the bike shop looked like the kind of stuff that we were doing out there but um what was it a 420 what did we, what, what did we with gawk 
Yeah. Gaktus. Gaktus were some of your friends too that we uh, fucking. Damn, this shit's long. Yeah, I think you put, you did the whole the whole show, the whole thing. So there's a lot of milling around and stuff. But there's some bands that played, of course. I played, but, but a solo set there. Yeah, that's what I was gonna try and find is your solo set. We had a little gathering and shit. All right, those people. <laughs> oh, there I am. Hey, look at that. But you had like a here we go, a set. So we we would throw parties in the bike shop. We'd have people come over, homies. And we were not the only ones. Other bike shops did similar things. You yeah. Know? Like, San Francisco had a party every third Thursday. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, shit. Yeah, All shit the homies were chilling, drinking beers and shit. Like, yeah. Like I think you had, a, you had a keg there, Yeah, dude. we had a keg that day. That shit was wild, dude. <laughs> there's messengers here. There's band people here. People from L.A. and people stuff. People from L.A. Yeah, there's uh, there's this dude right here uh, who rides uh, motorized bicycles who used to live in L.A. And then moved up to the Bay. And, and then I moved up to the Bay, too. So we were doing motorbike shit over there. So that was kind of fun. So it's just, you know, staying connected is important. It's kind of what we were talking about. Like, everyone these days kind of feeling lonely, you know? Like, yeah. we, we don't have a space like this to, to, to do this kind of shit anymore. Like, like. Do you have a video for this song? Uh yeah, I mean not a not an official music video, but I got a live performance video in uh, in the Sucho Bass Cave actually. That was a that was a fun fun time there. I used to throw shows down there all the time. That's when we had all those comic books tape uh, glued on the wall instead of paint. Yeah. <laughs> I like that aesthetic a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a dope shop. Yeah. R.I.P. Fusion Workshop. And you said, what is this shop now? We vacated because we were in the Fillmore and, and now we left the space like vacant and now it's what? what now it's say? like a psychic palm reader or some shit. <laughs> so, damn. Now they're making tarot. They did tarot and all that. Which, I mean, I they're making know. free money. They're not providing any service and somehow they're getting money. I don't know. Some people eat that shit up if they enjoy it and they feel like they're getting value for it. Like, I see nothing wrong with it, you know? I, I, I'm not a palm reader, so I don't know if what they're doing is legit or not. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't say. I'm not, like, looking at the stars in their alignment. Although, I do think that that shit has some... There's some merit there. I do think there's a lot of manipulation involved in that field. You know, a lot of people just jumping on it, calling themselves healers. Because the problem yeah. with that is that you cannot validate or verify, you know, what with what they're saying is true or not. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, you got to take it on a faith-based thing. And I'm not saying that... There isn't like external factors that are influencing us, like in terms of uh, planetary alignment and electromagnetic fields and all this other kind of I, you stuff. You know, I think there's like something to it, but I think trying to cash out on it is like not fair. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I agree. Cool. I believe you, you know, like you're trying to teach me about Jesus or the stars. Cool. But why are you asking me for money? Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? like, yeah. like that's when it gets kind of funny. But if there was no money involved, I would be like, yeah, I'll listen to what you have to say, you know? Yeah, man. So, yeah, this is kind of like some other stuff that we were into doing. Um, Goktus rocked it, too. I just played a little clip of them after the setup. I'm surprised that I have this whole thing. Like, literally the whole, the whole show, the whole dude. thing. Yeah, it was just chilling and shit. That's random. Damn, yeah, so this band uh, dissolved, unfortunately. Harry, no way. Yeah, Harry chased a girl to Hawaii. He's living with some girl who was like some 
Eris or some shit had hella like farmland in Hawaii or some shit. He went to go coincidentally. Like, the guitarist is a uh, he used to live literally like right next right door next to door you. to me, <laughs> next door to the bike shop. So that's a funny coincidence. I bet that dude still lives there, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. I tried to get him to join my band actually after they dissolved, but he's had different ideas. I'm saying that. You know, he's a good musician. I'm a good musician. It just Creative wasn't different. Yeah, it just wasn't right. You know, he wanted a different thing going on. So I know hard feelings. Totally. I've been, you know. Yeah, that's I'm, cool. Yeah, not a big deal. Dude. Dude, this audio sounds like shit. But this guy, the bass player, he's gone like full-time musician. He's in like two or three bands and he's gigging all the time. He's like full-time He's like teaching lessons and shit. That's dope. He's full-time music now. Like he was working for uh, Salesforce when I met him. Like, you know, a total fucking technocratic corporation running the world type shit. He's just like, <laughs> you know, working in their fucking laboratory or some shit. And then he's like, fuck this, dude, I'm out of here. And he went full music, which I think is pretty cool. And apparently he's doing it, so, and he's alive. A force for the good. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then Ian, I don't know what happened to Ian, the drummer. Hopefully he didn't hurt himself. But uh, yeah, I think he just worked downtown for some random thing. I, I don't know. Never got too close with them. Yeah, dude, so this is kind of like some of the shit that was going on over there. Dude, so much shit to show. It's like we would never, it never end. What is this? Quake City Rumble. Rumble. Did you do this? I don't know what this is. I mean, I was involved with this event. <laughs> I helped organize this event and did a lot of shit for this. But I didn't make this video. I don't know. Who, who made this video? This is dope. I'm not sure, actually. Oh, if it has this 360 shit, it's that one dude. Um, Austin? Uh, no. That bike messenger dude. Oh, 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 uh, ah, fuck, uh, uh, Tipsy, Hippie yeah, 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 or whatever yeah, 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 his name yeah. is. That guy, yeah. He made this shit, probably. I'm gonna guess. Tipsy Bike Productions? Yeah, yeah, yeah or something like that. Instagram, Tipsy Bike Productions. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah, dude, so this is the life. This is the mess life. What do y'all know about the mess life, son? <laughs> straight bonked that dude. It's fucked up. That's hella funny. See, this is that SF mess. Like, there's nothing in LA like this, you know? I mean, there's like the LABMA. There's ULOC mob down here. There's a few things, but... <laughs> straight stop traffic. It's nothing like this, you know? And we've also even got musicians, people making music videos and shit for, for bike messenger shit. What's that one that we were just listening to the other day? Or Oh, uh, fucking uh, Carlos Rossi and their whole thing. Yeah, dude, like, <laughs> oh shit, there's an E-40 song called Carlos Rossi. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I bet you he bumps that all the time. Oh, shit. <laughs> they got to look for their Mess Life mixtape. Yeah, man. Mess Life, yeah. Fuck, dude. Dude, this one's sick. This is I'm always bumping this. 
Yeah, dude. They need Hell to make yeah. a video for this. They should. That, I think they should have made a video for this instead of Messenger Bag. Yeah. You know? Yeah, this one's just way more sick. It's a proper track. Yeah, dude. Fucking. We'll let this tune play out as our, we fucking vacate the premises. We've been going on for quite a little while now on this yeah. fucking podcast. Never talked about coronavirus, dude. For, oh, no, nah, we Fuck can't get into that today. Dude. I got the coronavirus right here, dude. <laughs> You're getting virused up real quick. <laughs> Fuck a suit and tie in the best life. Yeah, dude. It's that mess life. But, you know, I'm not a bike messenger. I never have been. I'm a bike rider. I'm a bike mechanic, you know. I'm in the bike culture. I support it heavy you know and i own several bike shops that's what i do you know i'm a bike lifer but i'm not i don't deliver shit you know for work i don't i don't get paid to ride my bike you know and i what well, i get paid to fix bikes but i don't get paid to ride them you know so that's a little different i guess still i mean it's a needed it's a necessity of the bicycle community too you know like people that ride bikes they need somebody to fix them you know that's true because i don't know i don't focus on the the mechanical aspect of it you know i used to come to you all the time dude and you hooked me up with parts and labor and you know we had a a little you know relationship going on you know and honestly my aim was to be part of all of this i was like well i can easily probably inject myself into most of these organizations right at first, I thought, well, Taylor's president of the SFBMA, so let's get that going, you know? Let's build a relationship where I'm, like, the shop that they go to, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the same thing for, like, races, like, sponsoring them so I can try and be noticed, you know? Or the same thing for bike polo. I want to sell bike polo stuff so that they would be the, the ones to come to me when they needed stuff. Mm-hmm. For the most part, actually, I got a lot of business from people that did bike polo stuff. They would always come to the shop and get wheels or whatever they needed, you know? So, and bike messages, they, they would come all the time too, dude. Like, everyone would come every time they needed something, like, real quick, you know. Unless you got a flat and you're far away or something, you know. And you obviously, you're going to go to the nearest bike shop, you know. But uh, that's the goal, right? We're supposed to kind of help each other fucking get shit done. What's the whole point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally, dude. Yeah. Fucking... <laughs> this, is, this one's the fucking one with the. This is a dope video though. I got a little cameo in there. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in this one. There's Muerte. Los and who's the other guy? Was it Freddy? Or Frankie? Whatever. Oh, an Oscar an back Oscar. there. And he really got Carlos to make this video too. There's everyone at one post. This is a pretty dope video. <laughs> Mark Kyle back there. It's hyphy. There's me. Look at that. There's my cameo. Pulling shit out of my messenger bag. <laughs> Damn. That's a fucking hot clip, though. It is a hot clip. See, when did smoking blunts at one post turn into fucking they them? 
Dude, this is crazy. Why can't we all just get along, bro? That's what I always said. Why can't we smoke blunts and be they them people, you know? <laughs> Why can't we just do all that? Uh, yeah, dude, I'm on board, man. I'm all I'm all for talking it out and you know reconciling our differences. Is he got a little baby carrots in there or something? Yeah, <laughs> supposed to eating baby carrots. He's got carrots. his hand in a bag. <laughs> Damn. Freeway. Hey, you made that Death Race shirt, right? Yeah. Well, Mongo drew it, but it but was you, you my event. Them, yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, it's just part, it's, it's just showing that something existed at some point, you know? This was happening, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how it would really went down. That's what was going on. See, it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy to see some shit put in stone, you know? Yeah. Dude, compared to the bike game out here, it's, it's weird, dude. Like, look at fucking... There's, this, there's a Hanks, dude. They're right in front of the Hanks oh, yeah, yeah. piece right there that Mongo did. It's just tight. Like, like, the only thing out here is, uh, you know, besides the messengers out here, like Chris Too Active and, like, a bunch of other kids that ride like besides that there's just like fixie goons like fools <laughs> running around on fixies doing dumb shit you know and they have some music video shit like this too but it's not like it's not bike messenger stuff you know it's more like biking for just, fun kind yeah. of shit you know? fixie stuff I feel like LA needs something too to bring people together, you know. <laughs> Damn, that's the hood somewhere. They're all fucking sipping on lean or some shit. <laughs> Me and texting me and shit. She said, Nigga, what the fuck? Oh, you got me so <laughs> fucked up. SMH, OMG, nigga, I'ma fuck you up. And you think this bitch is brunt? Nigga, she look like a duck. And I know you see me calling, nigga, why you won't pick up? Now I'm mad, yeah, I'm mad. A day in the life, dude. A day in the life of what's this fool's name? Block boy fame. Block boy fame, dude. This guy's got a, a real life, dude. Cause niggas say I'm disrespectful. Doing willies all in traffic. Niggas say I'm disrespectful. I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Oh man, I shouldn't talk trash. I can't wheelie either. I could wheelie. 
disrespectful. But every time you wheelie, there's always someone like, hey, 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 stop that. You know, like, <laughs> really? Shut the fuck up. I'm riding my bike, you know? This is what's happening out here, bro. Yeah. And the closest thing that comes to this, to like, uh, to the SF, uh, this is the ULOC mob stuff, so. I think I made a video recently of one of their races. Mm. Um, fucking, you can see there's a whole grip of crit. Uh, there was a crit recently that we raced in. And they had a Cranksgiving as well. Yeah, they've been doing yeah. that for a long time. I, there was nothing like that in San Francisco. I did the first one. You did the first one, right? The yeah. The first uh, Cranksgiving. Not that, I mean, Cranksgiving is not a new idea. It happens all over the place. But San Francisco never had one, so I brought it to SF. That's tight. See, and like, we had the what the uh, fucking like supermarket sweep or some shit. San Francisco, the Bicycle Coalition does something in San Francisco that messengers were going to, but it wasn't like a messenger event. So I, was, I made yeah. the the crank giving. This which is, this is my event. camera too. From I raced in this race, I got left Damn, behind. And these are all kitted out, dude. What the hell? Yeah, no, they're all they're like Serious. little hood track stars, you know. Um, and Chris, too active, I believe, organized most of this. But there's also, you know, L.A. And it's just so hard to get out to places and meet because of how fucking far it is. You know what I yeah. mean? In SF, everyone could just meet up at one post or wherever, you know? Yeah. In the park, Golden Gate, whatever. Here, like... You got to travel like 80 miles to get somewhere. <laughs> for real. <laughs> and everyone drives to the spot to meet up with their bikes on the fucking car rack, you know? It's not as simple as it was back in the day. Yeah, man. So that kind of sums it up. More or less, everything that we've been up to, um, the life, the mess life, the bike life, the bike industry, you know? And also, yesterday we were talking a lot about my industry and how that's also kind of being changed and how difficult it is for bike mechanics to find work and the trials and tribulations of being a bike mechanic, you know? And how the industry is changing with fucking... All of these um, gig economy rental bikes and scooters, you know, and how that's affecting the, the bike shop, how fucking online sales are affecting like retail sales of bikes, you know, mm -hmm. and like the bike shops are, are not not happy right now, dude. Like there's like troubles, you know, and like even in SF where there were like something like 75 bike stores in the whole city, they're rapidly closing, you know, yeah. in SF there's been in the last two years. I closed down the shop. Mojo Bicycle Cafe closed down. Fresh Air Bikes closed down. City and County closed down. American Cyclery closed one of the stores. It's closing the second. Free Will Bikes closed another shop. Uh, literally, like, more than half of the stores have closed in SF, mm -hmm. you know? That's obviously an economic sign of, like, something's not right, you know? So all of this stuff, dude. And then they have organizations, like, besides the SFBMA, there are there's like the S uh there's the San Francisco Bicycle Coalition, right? Which is like rich people who don't ride bikes. It's been co opted by Uber, actually. Basically their whole the Uber lobbyists run their whole um board. Their whole deal is they want it's actually super crazy what's going on with the bicycle coalition because uh their board of directors is basically all paid uber lobbyists uh or um and basically their whole plan is they they talk this game about 
um, oh, we want to get some protected bike lanes for the cyclists and commuters and things like that. We've been trying to get uh, a bike messenger on the board of directors for the for the bicycle coalition for a long time, and they just keep denying and denying and you know voting us out because Dude. the Uber is so powerful, right? But basically, what the what Uber is doing is they co-opted the bicycle coalition to create all these protected bike lanes, which are actually more dangerous for cyclists. But the reason that they do it is to cut out a lot of parking spaces, so then you have to take Uber. And that's yeah. their plan, right? That's the plan. There, there's it's not whole, for cyclists. Dude, it's, it's been co-opted by it's corporations. Up, dude. It's, it's, it's fucked. And not only that, but even before they were co-opted by Uber, they were already a nasty organization, dude. They would mm-hmm. go to bike shops and extort them, basically. Yeah. They would charge them money. To, to give discounts. To, to, to give <laughs> discounts. Like, why am I going to pay to give someone a discount? That's dumb. Because all you, know? you get is your name on their website. It's and, like, nobody goes to your fucking website. And dude. every year they throw a swanky party called Winterfest. And then they ask for your donations and again. They, <laughs> and they ask me to donate more shit. And then well, I've been to those parties several times, you know. Hella swanky. Like, none of those fucking people ride bikes, you know what yeah. I mean? The only people that ride bikes there are bike shop people like myself yeah. or other bike shops that donated stuff, you know. They get all this shit for free. They consider themselves a non-profit but they have hell of shit that looks profitable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're doing weird stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's they're, corrupt. It's hell yeah, corrupt. It's corrupt. I never liked that organization. Me neither. So I just say out in the open that, that the San Francisco Bicycle Coalition is not something that people who ride bikes are too fond of. No, you dude, know? you go to the SFBMA. That's where real fucking boots on the ground cyclists hang out. You yeah, know, even yeah. people that are kitted out roadies come kick it with us. BMXers yeah. come kick it with us. You know, yeah, none of those people have ever been to any of the bike shops. They don't ever ride their bike. You know, occasionally they're like weekend warriors, maybe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just want to be, they're just political activists. Yeah. And they just chose one of the many coalitions there are to fucking do the thing that they do. You know? Yeah. That's all it is. And they have high paid jobs, dude. Like, if you look at their career availability, they have a high paying positions, dude. And it's like a little club and like, not, I mean, Uber's in there. They want big money, dude. Mm-hmm. They wanted Skip Scooters to join them. They had an event together with Skip Scooters. Like, why are you promoting scooter rideshare? You know, that's like not an- anti what bicyclists are anti cyclists. Yeah, why yeah. are you promoting Ford Go bikes? You know, that's like the worst thing you could have done. You know, that's like completely selling out all the parking spaces in San Francisco is just terrible. It's the privatization of public resources where they go and they lock up all these ride shares to the active uh, yeah. public bike racks, and then when you're a messenger and you roll up to the building and you got to deliver a package. You can't even lock up to the thing outside. You got to go around the corner yeah. or down the block to go find an empty one that doesn't have a fucking jump bike attached to it. Yeah, scooters all over the fucking sidewalks everywhere, you know. Bikes left on all the racks, nothing ever available. Like, it's just fucking chaos, dude. Yeah. And, and and no one's regulating none of this shit, you know, and it's all part of this fucking bullshit gig economy this is shit. It's just getting paid off, yeah. dude. Everybody's just getting paid off. It, it's happening here in L.A. as well. There's major companies doing the exact same thing here ruining whatever little bike industry was left they're just fucking it up with all this fucking rents people have come in and be like hey can i rent an e-bike like yeah it's gonna be 50 dollars a day oh fuck that i'd rather rent that uber bike you know with my credit card and get charged more but really i don't think it's more because it's by the hour yeah and you, you don't know? have to bring it back <laughs> yeah like <laughs> dude it's bullshit dude and i've worked for all those companies and I- i've talked about it many times with all my friends I've been at Uber, I've been at Metro, I've been at all these companies just to see how they function. I know everything about B-Cycle. So if anyone comes at me and tells me, oh, bro, you're dumb, right shares the future, like, nah, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I've been a mechanic for all those companies, you know? I know exactly what their game plan is. They are all 
on the same uh, identity politics, SJW stuff, dude. They hire people based on race, not on qualifications. Like, I could be the most expert bike mechanic, but they'll only hire me because I'm Hispanic. You know what I mean? They won't hire me for any other reason. Like, that's that's like a slap to my face, you know? Like, I just don't like shit like that. All this stuff is changing, dude. We we have no idea what's going to happen to the bike game, dude. Like, in terms of, like, me, who I'm an actual bike hustler, you know? Since I was a baby, I've been selling bikes. Since I grew up where I did, me and my brother have always sold bikes and worked at bike shops. And we've had bike shops. And we've done this our whole lives, you know? We love bikes. and, And it's getting difficult, you know what I mean? And this is something that is supposed to be promoted. We're saving people from not having to spend gas, you know? Some people come to us for e-bikes. They go to work on their bikes and everything's better, you know? Like, like we need support, you know, in this industry. Mm-hmm. The bike messengers need support. They need they need to continue to function as a message, as a delivery service, you know? And who who's fucking up the bike messenger game? All the same people. The coalition, the bicycle coalition, the rideshare people, the rideshare fuckers that are hiring people, paying them ten ninety nines at the end of the year contracts. Like they're just not, they're not even employees. They don't get a W two. You know, they have to pay tax at the end of the year for working for these companies, and they deliver things for DoorDash, food, Uber Eats, all this shit. Yeah, yeah. And and they're paying people chump change for all of that work. You know, when they can be working in a unionized environment where there's insurance health benefits where you have a w-2 and they get taxes at the end of the year and they get all their paper they 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 keep they could be delivering stuff with a real job and they're not they're getting 1099s at the end of the year they're getting robbed you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just like the people who drive for uber or lyft it's the same thing if you work for doordash they're just robbing people dude and they're fucking up all those industries imagine this dude the bike game the bike messenger game was dying out because of technology, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can send emails, so you don't need to do paperwork like instantly. All these things, right? But what happened recently was the food delivery game yeah. opened up, and and you instead, if these companies instead of hiring career companies to do this work, they said, "Now fuck the career companies. We're just gonna." pay people below minimum wage to do it. Yeah. You know? There's a few companies out there. I mean, there's Candlestick, there's Black Hole, there's a Stella Courier, uh, Underdog Courier. They, they still, there's there's guys in SF that are like one-man show, two, three, four, five-man show that that still do food delivery and and like they do, you know, they're really small-time folk, but yeah, they're just getting destroyed But look at the competition. Destroyed dude, they're getting caviar, destroyed, Uber, dude. stuff like that. Yeah. And, and the I mean, shops- what happened to TCB? TCB was the original before any of that shit hit the streets. TCB was the original food app delivery service, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, look what happened to them. They're, 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 they got eaten up. They got eaten up. Yeah, see, this is a big fucking problem, dude. And people, this is another thing I've been noticing working at different bike shops. I've worked at several bike shops here in LA, and I noticed something very dramatic, very problematic, dude. No one is using cash or debit to pay for anything. Everyone is using credit cards, yeah. dude. For little transactions, inner tubes, fucking buying a light or a lock for your bike, they're using credit cards to make major purchases for bikes. They're not paying cash or debit or money out of their account. They're applying for synchrony, and we're putting people into debt to sell bikes that are expensive. At every bike shop, this is happening. Synchrony financing has moved into the bike industry and has taken over. 
and they're making so much money from selling people expensive bikes they cannot afford on interest. You know what I mean? Because interest rates are so low, man. Yeah, they're talking to the feds talking about making interest rates uh, ne- in the negative. <laughs> this is going to blow up, dude. Oh, yeah. Of course. It's just going to blow up. How, how, you cannot live your life spending credit money swiping everywhere, you know? And we are making money at the shop based off of people who have no money. They're spending money they don't have, and we're selling bikes, getting money from the banks, but the people haven't paid that shit off, mm-hmm. you know? That's not sustainable. How long can we do that until... You can't. You it can't. is it's completely unsustainable, and it's going to collapse. It's going to collapse, dude. There's something terrible happening, dude, across all. But the right industries. now, we're kind of like in like they're just, you know the people that are in control of the economic you know sort of uh, nebula. They're they want people to continue to borrow and continue to pump money into the economy because that's how we sustain ourselves. That's how we grow. But we're we can't continue to grow at that pace because we're just borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing yeah. with basically no intent to return. Like in America, the United States of America owes so much fucking money all over the planet. We own like China owns a bunch of our debt. Other yeah, countries dude. own a shitload of our and debt. And we have no intention to pay that shit back. Trillions and trillions of dollars will never pay it back. I was telling Jen just the other day that. They're almost like scamming us out of ownership. Like you don't actually physically own anything anymore. People don't want to buy a bike. They just want to use a like fucking lease it or a jump bike and yeah. just like or they want to pay it in credit and pay it off or whatever. They're not technically the owners of the bike yet, you know. Yeah. They want to just use an Uber jump bike to get to work and then just grab another one when they get off work, you know, like they don't want ownership. People don't want to drive a car. They just want to get Lyft and Uber everywhere, right? Yeah. People don't want to go and make food or buy, go to the store to buy it. They just paid for it to be delivered, mm-hmm. right? All of these things are taking away ownership. and Which is giving away your personal responsibility and exactly. your, and, and, and your exactly, power. Dude. And, and even intellectual property, you know? Like you go on the internet, you, you can't own anything anymore. People aren't buying me, music videos. It's all just getting music. shared around or whatever. And, and we got like cloud services, subscription-based services. There are more subscription-based services coming out every fucking day. Like now it's Disney Plus. You know, now it's like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Like people are paying up fucking a grip of money for all these subscriptions. They don't actually own any of that content. Mm-hmm. They just enjoy it for a little while and then it goes away and that's it. You mm-hmm. know? Nothing is real. You know what I mean? No one has tangible property anymore. Yeah. No one owns anything. You look at everyone, they're living minimal lives, like with very little belongings. No one drives a car. People are leasing cars. Plenty of people at the bike shop come and they're like, oh, sorry, I can't put a bike rack on this because it's a, it's a it's a lease or it's this or it's that. Like people don't own cars. You know, people don't own anything. They don't own houses. They don't own anything. Mm-hmm. That's fucking weird. That's you know crazy. I mean? That's weird, dude. That's weird, dude. So I'm, that's why I'm saying like something weird is happening. If we don't do something about protecting ourselves soon, we're going to end up in like some fucking terrible great dep- depression kind of thing, you know, and. And I don't want the bike game to go out like that, you know? Like, I'm going to defend it somehow, you know? Whether it's continuing to do work. If all the bike shops are closing, fuck it. I'll open another bike shop, you know? I don't care. Like, I want a place for people to get together, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll talk about this off the podcast or whatever. Trying to create a plan for, like, a solution, you know? Mm -hmm. For for all of this... uh, All all this movement that's not going in the direction that we see... Is, is good, you know. It's it's everything's moving to different places. We don't know where it's going. Yeah. Everything's changing, dude. It's crazy. AI could be launched tomorrow, you know, yeah. or we can get coronavirus like right now. You know, <laughs> we don't know. No one's in control, dude. Or at least I'm not in control. Shit. 
I don't. I ain't gonna control anything. This is crazy, dude. It's a good podcast, man. I really enjoyed talking to you, Taylor. Thanks for riding your bike from SF to LA and fucking joining us. And happy to be here. Good luck on your uh, on your bike ride to San Diego. That should be dope. Um, so we're gonna cheat a little bit and we'll take you some some of the way down. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, my niece. My niece, thank you, dude. Honestly, but uh, um, fucking yeah, we'll we'll catch up again at another time. And thanks everyone who's listening or who will listen later. Um, it'll you know be uploaded to all the typical platform stuff that you know where we upload shit and stuff. Whatever. Um, y'all, thanks for chilling. We're about to sign out.